<laughs> Alex just oh, looked wait. at me like, what? Dude, I've been meaning to get chapstick all morning. Okay, now I got something. <laughs> Alright, we're good. All about that Blistex. Carmax. We good? Everyone cool? Yeah, we're good. fucking shit on Carmax. War podcast Dude. episode. Hey, shut the fuck Carmex, up. Hey, shut the fuck up. Hey, shut the fuck up. Hey, shut the fuck up. Brand blah, 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 Carmex is a fine brand. Alright. What's up, guys? Not much. What's up, Mason? Hi, Dan. Hi, Mason. Hi, Alex. Hi, Mason. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Mason. I'm trying to open a Carmex container. Alright, moving on. Oh, man. Such salt. Wait, Everything alright, boys? I'm fine. Taking it down. Hey, whoa, hey. How many times has Mason said, alright, moving on in this very podcast? It's been fine. I wasn't oh, trying I've, to be it's mean. It's never been fine. We oh. just choose not to acknowledge it. Oh, because I'm just see when you're we always an asshole. A, yeah. It's just assumed. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Mason Brown. Guys, we're back. Always Got that asshole. easy pass. We're all back. Oh my god, I can see all of you in person. I can't see Dylan because yeah. he's behind Alex. It's, Sorry. There's no more like the bad seating arrangement. Weird. Um, Dylan just really felt up your head. Yeah, he did. Was, Dylan, I love his head. Did you shave it? No, not yet. You should shave it. Smooth. You guys want a moment? No, no we're good. No, we're we good. Had it. So we're all back in Richmond. We're all back in Richmond. Gang, welcome back. Mason, welcome back. You were in my kitchen the other day, though, so I guess we're the kitchen cast. This Dylan, is not, we're all in the same room, though. This is the first time that all four of us in the same room back in Richmond. I love when we're all in the same room. Me too. I also love the fact that none of us are wearing clothes. It Me makes too. this so yeah. much more intimate. Indeed. Could you move your hand a bit to the left? Yeah. Right. Go. Good? Yeah. You like that? Yep. Mm. That's perfect. Nice. Thank you. Mm. I'm just a, wearing flip flops. A little cold. A little cold. Mm. No, that's I'm just wearing my left sock. And it's not even on his foot. <laughs> Dan can't follow directions. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the man. I didn't get the left sock memo. I'm sorry, Dan guys. Putting, Dan put the left sock on his right foot, and Alex's socks are red and black. So we're Wait, every, do everyone's socks have left so, and right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What? Running, it, so, running socks. No. Too. The inseam is different. Dude, what? So my sock basket's right next to, to Dan. If you pull out, like, you don't even of, wear matching socks. How I know, do you I know. know about left Just and right socks? Just pull out the sock and take a good whiff. Because no. I, because uh, I wear when I do runs, I wear like the running socks or whatever. Yeah. Like, and I didn't believe in that shit until like Sarah pushed it on me. But like, it actually does help a lot. Talking about the ones with like toes and shit, like no, socks with toes. Those, just, those weird me out. I don't that, like. I don't, I don't like, like anything idea. that has separate toes. Yeah, like those weird rubber. So shoes. you don't like humans? Oh my god, this <laughs> is an anti-vibram podcast. Vibram? Okay, a those shoes are bullshit. Thank you. But also like. Fuck, fuck those anyways. That's just stupid. You look like a weird. I don't know. I, you, know, you, know what? If you want to wear Vibram, for, for, you can do what you want to. I shouldn't be mean. I think that if you're wearing them to say to tell me they're better for running, you're wrong. Yeah, because they're not. We All have right. we have science on our side. Science, 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 science rules. Guys, Bill Nye's getting a Netflix show. That's cool. That's cool. I'm yeah. really excited about I that. What's called? Like Bill it's, about, it's a talk saves show. the world. Yeah, Bill oh, Nye saves man, the world. That's gonna be great. Yeah, and like I, Bill Nye's interviews on the Nerdist are always fantastic. And I love, I love Bill Nye. I. I I love how Bill Nye has taken up this crusade of debunking stupid people. Like, yeah. Like just saying, "Hey, stupid people, you're really dumb," and it's fantastic. Wasn't there Wasn't there one misstep recently? I, I'm trying to remember. I, I feel I like there know. there was like him getting busted uh, <laughs> with a kilo of the coke. <laughs> what? What? I don't know. <laughs> An no, airport. I don't think that happens. He kept screaming, "Science rules! <laughs> <laughs> science rules, guys! Science! Science rules!" Yeah, but Mason, do you know what I'm talking about? 
no. All right, I'll look it up later. All right, good talk. Well, no, I feel Bill, like Bill Nye's a cool guy, but I feel like his crusade isn't going so hot just because fighting idiocracy is a it's a hard hard a losing yeah. battle. Was that, that, that article that came out in the Washington Post recently that was like stupid people don't know they're stupid, and that makes yeah. it that much harder to convince them that they're stupid. Yeah, Alex. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but well, oh, I, well, wait, I thought we were gonna wait until later in the podcast to bring this up. Oh, <laughs> but guys, I think I think you you need. Bill Nye has recognized that he has a certain cultural cachet and a certain, uh, I don't know, brand with a with a generation of people that I sure. think that he is doing the best he can with the abilities that he score? has, and oh, I think sure. he's I think he's moving the needle in the right direction for science for the space program, and, and just for like you know embracing the scientific method and embracing like just science as a you know a basis for the way we should direct our the government and society. So I, don't I think th- I think yeah. that's fine. Uh, yeah, I just I mean it would wear me out. If I had to constantly just have to do, de- or I mean, it'd be well, like, that's why you're not going to save the yeah. world, Dylan. It'd be like, a, I mean, the, the, I think the most tiring thing is that scientists don't want to be right, and that's what people who disagree with science don't understand is that there are there's nothing about scientists where they, I want to be right, yeah. and and it's they want to do science and they want to do science well, meaning objectively, meaning that if all of a sudden all of the data pointed in a different direction, they would continue would following that. that. And well, they challenge it and they, they, they do the right, whole process. Right, right. And so that, you know, that's the problem is that people think that because they have an agenda and because the people that inform their worldview have an agenda, that that agenda, if uh, informs scientific discovery when in reality with scientists now yes we can get into the political bullshit of scientists are at universities and they have to publish so that they can get funding and blah 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 studies funded by blah 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 yeah but at the end of the day knowing a lot of scientists personally um scientists are people who you can use my name dan it's fine (laughs) knowing dr dylan um no it's just that they they you know it's about this it's about the scientific method and the results speak for themselves the results do not speak for the scientists yeah have you guys ever seen the smarter every day youtube show no nope. um he's a engineer but he kind of just pushes the he just does these little thing these little videos about oh you did tell me about yeah he did one about the impossible bike and how yeah. like how he had to rewire his brain to ride the impossible bike and i'm getting to why it's a science but i think that like there are things that people were inspired by what Bill Nye did that are filtering in these crazy YouTube shows. I think I still think that like, you know, I I know I'm always speaking to what you said earlier. Like I think he's actually doing I think he's doing the best he can, and I think he's actually moving the needle in the direction that like oh, I'm agree. always stoked to see him. You know, and it's an uphill battle, but you know, it that that, that tension exists everywhere. So, anyways, Bill Nye's show is gonna be dope. That's all I was saying. Um, what's going on, guys? Not much. We're back at school. Back in school. Back I, in I I'm free, bitches. Richmond. Dylan's moving on to bigger and better things. No more school ever. Oh man, ever, ever, ever. I don't know. Maybe, maybe later. You still got one degree in your system. My per- no. <laughs> not anytime soon. My per- uh, one of my professors walked into my office the other day and she's like, "Oh, you taking any classes?" I'm like, no. It's like, no master school. I'm like, nope. You don't need it. I mean, once yeah. you have a bachelor's in computer science, you can do. I yeah. wouldn't want one. Right. If I if I got anything technical, MBA. it would be like oh, tech- I mean, yeah. I would get an MBA, but yeah. like or a master's in software development. Right. Because computer science is far too research based in general right. for my tastes. Right. And that's not what I'm about. But not yeah, about that working in the school of engineering and then just walking out of your office and seeing all these freshmen like flocking to their classes. I'm like, oh, oh, it's so freeing. Indeed. Right. You'll still have the my first year out of school. I would. 
over and over have the nightmare of I haven't been to my one class all semester. Yeah, and I'm failing it. And I'm failing it. I still have that dream. Now it makes sense that I have it. Dude, I had a dream the other day. Holy shit, what happened in my dream? It was a brand center dream. And I'm like, I can't already be having brand center dreams. It's way too early for this shit. I had a brand center dream in LA over the summer. Really? What was your... Oh, no, you told me that I, one. I, that was, was, having, that I, was, was I was taking an acting class in a church, and it was taught by Mark Fenske, <laughs> and I showed up late to class, and for those of you listening who don't know about Mark Fenske, the professor at the Brand Center, you do not show up late to his class. No. Uh, and so the the dream unfolded as as one would I assume. I thought you were going to say the dream died that day. <laughs> just because that was like, dream, super cool. Dream Fesky just day. looks at you, he's like, this dream's over, and then you Literally just Literally and figuratively. I had, I had a dream about Kelly O'Keefe before we had, and I, I was, it was, it was so awesome because the first day of his class was incredible. Like, I, oh I, man, I'm, I digging, he's, I'm digging that, he's, that guy. This guy's like, this guy's, this guy's he just guy. casually drops that he can buy a castle. Like, this guy is just the <laughs> yeah. fucking, like... No, he's, he's, well, he's we not so casually stoked about how... He's so stoked he can buy a castle. And I'm not saying that like as a a point about but like just like the kind of attitude that he has uh and he's a cane right now because he crushed his leg i guess i don't know what happened oh god uh, like it was a bike accident owns the cane and like the cane is it just makes it him so much better it's awesome. house, house uh, md kind of situation yeah yeah when it's cool because we're this starting is, is exact words where i haven't figured this out yet this is a, this in is reference a guy to the who, cane. at one point his his agency was at age agency of the year like he's, well, and he's he started on the, the and digital shit multiple before agencies. everyone yeah he showed us it was great he showed us his first website which was an award-winning quote-unquote website oh no and it just it was from like 96 and it was so bad it was like <laughs> I, that, I threw it in my mouth like a little the, bit the, the that design bad? Oh, bad. so but, but I, it's oh go ahead well i didn't realize uh ling's cars was responsive yeah, it is. And I was like, man, there's nothing better <laughs> than bad sites that are responsive. Yep. Like, there's one that this, looks like that's from the thing like about that site, Lingscars. How did you even find that? Uh, so I worked on Lexus over the summer, oh, yes. and so that was my creative director, who's no, worked you, for other cars as well. The woman that runs that site is like worth three million dollars or something. Like, no, she is ridiculously smart. Have she you said, not? He said it to no, us I multiple times over the summer. I said it. Yeah, to you did said it to us. I've seen it like a dozen times this summer. No. Because like, it goes around like web design, like r slash web design will have stuff about it too. But there's a yeah. pizza a place way. that looks like the Space Jam website where it's like a starry night background and then it's a bunch of tables and like neon colors and it's responsive. And I'm like, this is fantastic. That's awesome. I mean, that's, you know, there was is an article that came out. Is it responsive or is it just like a table-based layout with like 100% width? Because that also can be responsive. Like, I mean, quote unquote responsive. Either way, it's, oh, it it, is responsive. it's, it's mobile it's compliant. Not. That's funny. Interesting. Yeah, Link's cars is a that's a that's a clusterfuck. God, that's clear. And I love the mobile personally. The mobile site where it's got like the 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 giant nuclear weapon on top of the car. It's just fantastic. There's a there's a smartphone app and there's a bunch of mini games in it. And one of them is like a top down spy hunter where you're driving the missile launcher. Yeah. And Ling is strapped to the top of the missile launcher and stuff. You're trying like avoid traffic. That's amazing. Have you seen the Alibaba site? No. Um, you guys know Alibaba, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's a huge. That site just I don't. Understand. What is Alibaba? Web design I, that's not like Western web design is very weird to me. Alibaba yeah, so, is and is, brutalism is becoming a trend that I hate this trend. Oh sure, because it's terrible. Um, but but I believe that in an article I was reading over the summer about that trend, uh, the Alibaba site was mentioned. <laughs> um, that site obviously Craigslist. I think Bloomberg's site is still brutalism. Um, I love intentionally. This is just very stark. Just like it almost looks like someone digitized a newspaper in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah I like which I think I think it works in certain cases. Um, like I have to say that I think Craigslist, because it's been around for so long in that form, 
and it works. It's so utilitarian. I think it's, it's effective it's at what it's very utilitarian. utilitarian. My problem is with that is the way people use the site and how they present listings because I feel like it always takes me a little bit longer to read listings, and that's not a problem with Craigslist. But you still use it. Uh, I still I use it. Well, um, there are some Craigslist apps that pull from Craigslist's like data, you know, that yeah. present it way better. You're right. Yeah. Like we're like, oh, this is way easier. And oh, I for can sure. Get, I know. think it's the, it's the way people have been conditioned to use the site and try and get attention for their posts. That's interesting. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You seen the UK.gov site? No. Uh, no. Keep talking. Uh, oh, Mason loves this site. <laughs> yeah. So right now, um, Mason is pulling this up on his computer, which you cannot see because you're listening to a podcast. Uh, but you too can go to UK.gov. It's not UK.gov, it turns out. Yeah, I was going to say, .gov is a U.S. Mm, gov.uk. What am I saying? Gov.uk. Sorry. That makes more sense. <sighs> Boom! That's all you need a government website to be. That's that's great, though. I mean, I that's... that's Dude, you, you can you know immediately what I do like? find everything you need. Birth certificates. Citizen, I'm not talking about... Basically, I think this is like... I love this website. He loves it because it's very utilitarian. Very which utilitarian. I appreciate. Yeah, utilitarian yeah, and but, minimal, but I wouldn't call it brutal. It's no, not brutalism. I wasn't, I wasn't saying it's oh, brutalism. Oh, okay. I'm saying this is like this is when you take yeah. the simplicity, like that a site that a lot of brutals are saying they're they're vying for, but like this yes. is a really well laid out, well done. Also, well, I clean. think a government site needs to just do its job yeah. and be that alone. Kind of like the need... government. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I agree with that but too. I, I will say though, I think that there are different government sites that do different things that need to serve different purposes. Let me show you the Richmond um, site. That's a clusterfuck. Uh, well, sure. They have a UX. There's a U.S. government UX guide. Yeah. There's it's like a sweet. whole division. U.S. Yeah. government. Of usability. It's the government. Yeah. It's, well, can, it's, it's a, which has been a thing it's for a great years. style guide. Yeah. But it's been like. Yeah. It's cool. But because I was in D.C. when I took that the U.S. Icons course. Are I know a bunch of people. Yeah. The icons are horrors. I knew a bunch of people who ended up going into the public sector for UX design. I've heard um, mixed reviews. No surprise there. Um, a lot of the same complaints you get from working in government in general. She's a slow. What's well, going to be slow? Even is when I worked the, at VCU, yeah, yeah, I would get like all my work done and then have like nothing to do for a week. Like well, it just—that's going to be me in a week. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, you're going to be well, and it's going to rain when it—it's going to pour when it rains, and then it's going to be dry. Yeah. I don't know what that analogy means. Let's talk about video games. Close enough. Yeah. You guys been playing any games? Uh, speaking of rain, I've been playing a game called Rains. Okay. Yeah. R R E I G N S. Indeed. So I haven't played in like a week. And Vin, I, Vin, Vin Rains? Uh, sure. Um, it's Rains like... He's an uh, actor, right? Yeah, like he's the voice of Arby's. Monarchy Rain. Oh, I've seen this on... Um, so This is the, the, the roguelike story game you're talking oh, about. Yeah, roguelike story-based game. It keeps popping up around. People are into it's it. It's really, really good. It's big. So it uses a very simple mechanic like of swiping left looks. or right on conversations. And it's not a yes or no answer. <gasps> so. And there are a ton of characters... The game changes pretty dramatically. So the game I was playing, um, you can keep talking. Look at that, uh, <laughs> a fan bros cookies. Thank you. Um, anyway, so I made the mistake of not playing this game for a week, which is a problem because um, <laughs> oh, here have a some lot cookies. of this, a lot of the success in this game comes off of memory. Some so as you make decisions, you have to manage your relationship with your uh, your people, the church, the military, and the economy of your. Um, your reign and as you make decisions um, you'll affect these meters whether or not the church is getting too powerful or too weak and then all the other ones um, and a lot of these decisions it's hard to discern which uh, which will be affected positively or negatively it doesn't always say unless you get a power up which will tell you and that kind of thing and so some of the success from this game comes from memory and, and figuring out like what path you want to go 
And the game starts you with basic stuff like, you know, win a war or conquer a nation. And then you get to weird stuff like trick the devil and um, marry a frog and like all these really weird storylines that pop up. And it's really, really cool. It looks like both visually and from your description, it really makes me think of a lot of the games that I played when I was like six or seven on Mm MS-DOS. And it was like, you know, so early in personal computing. um, And you had, yeah, see, like looking at that, that looks like, that looks like the kind of games. playing those games. Right, and that's that's what they would develop. That's Oregon Trail. Yeah, so there's a... Just like that, that idea of, because I think some of the really early games, because it was easy to do them with text versus a graphics, were games that involved choices, binary yeah. choices. Mm-hmm. And um, so a lot of those early role-playing games that were just text-based um, or a lot of those, you know, strategy games that were just text-based, uh, What's the one that's, that what it, that's what it looks like to me. Big called yeah. Z- Z- Zerg? Zerg. Zork? Zork. 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 Mm. Zork's a big one. Is that the one so, where you get Zork. eaten by a Gru? Or is that another one? Zork was pre-me. Zork was in the 80s. Um, I'm... I, I was kind of that next wave of, of early home gaming uh, where they did start to introduce some graphical stuff. Uh, but, I mean, shit that you'd have to put in a floppy disk and, and boot up with, you know, command lines and shit like that. What I like um, about this game, and from just looking at Alex, and, I, and I, I have seen a video, or I've seen, I've seen someone playing it, I do like that I feel like for the device it's on, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really cool, like, I can get this yep. narrative experience in these small bites on my phone. Yep. And I think that that's a really interesting thing because a lot of times game loops on phones are um, score loops or yep. infinite runner loops, you know what I mean? This is well, just as a set, like, this is a more, I think, narratively enjoyable loop. And, and also from a oh, user totally. experience standpoint, I think one of the things that a lot of games kind of sh- they don't struggle with but they have to adapt to the fact that most people when they play games on their phone do not use the audio um yeah. and so so the audio on this it, is not critical right the audio doesn't seem critical but it also the narrative because it's text-based it, the audio is not critical in the in the narrative sense yet you can have a rich narrative i mean yes right. it involves you're asking something of the user in terms of hey i, I need you to read something i'm not going to tell you something um but in the case of playing a game on the phone where a lot of people are going to play this on the subway or in between meetings um, and, and around other people where, where audio can actually be a nuisance, it, it, there are times where I will choose to not play mobile games that involve critical sound because I don't always want to have my sound on. And so I think this is a great way to convince users to actually latch on and play a game using this medium um, in, in a way that can still totally. be fulfilling. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Like the the people who made this game understood what they were making it for. Yeah. Has anyone here played like Device Nine or The Room mm. oh, or Year I played Walk? The Room. I played. Yeah. Sarah played, loves I played the all Room. Of those. I've like, heard of The Room. The Room's incredible. Um, the first one's amazing. Is it, is it it's a puzzle nine game? Or is it's a, a puzzle box. Game? Yeah. It's like Device Nine, Device Seven. It's something. That's it's the from, re- that's a really artistic one. That's um you interact with the the pages of the story, right? I I haven't touched it. I just know. No. So that game is fantastic and really really different um it's presented kind of like an audiobook or a digital magazine and the gameplay comes from interacting with the pages um and oh shit sorry alex i made a decision for you oh i killed you oh you're fine oh no so the way <laughs> the king way is dead. uh the way reigns works is you can it's it's a it's great though. tried true ro- roguelike like you you can play this thing over and over again and have totally different experiences like the two screens i just showed these guys um I died immediately because it put me into the dungeon and I didn't really have a choice of going 
kind of uh, like a, a really simplistic version of Massive Chalice. Yeah. Um, if you guys have ever played that, which is a good game, I recommend it. I like I like Brad Muir, and he was the lead. Brad Muir on that. The um. I think got absorbed. So what I like what I like about that, and what I like about, I like that it's it's taking that. They they wrote all these encounters, and then programmatically they can build up these different stories, and I and I, I do think that's something the games do differently that I always find very interesting and why I like I think roguelikes like FTL where you have these little story bits that are kind of like like little Star Trek missions yeah I love that stuff I think you know it's cool because I also like this game because it has a look like that game uh, the art direction is very distinct I yeah like it a lot um and it, I mean it I, it looks very Alex Rice too mm-hmm. like that's very you style very ge- oh, geometrical oh yeah and so if you have the sound on actually there are um, audio cues for what That's the characters great. sound like. There's a cast of like 30 some odd characters. At different points, you have to sacrifice them or marry them, and that changes the way each one behaves. And so the game also keeps track of how many of these cards you've uncovered. Um, I'm pulling this up right now. I've only discovered 465 cards, which is a little more than half of what the game has to offer. I've been playing this for a while. Um, so there's a, a ton of stuff going on in this. How game. much was this? Like three bucks. Yeah, it was like. Three, four dollars. It's a steal. Nice. So good yeah. value. Um, that's cool. Have yeah. you been playing anything else? Uh, let's see. Overwatch season two started, so I hopped on that last night, and I'm really excited because all the players are thrown in together. I don't know if there's any kind of pre-ranking because I was just trouncing kids, which feels good. Like, you know, like are you, you're probably getting pretty good at Overwatch. I'm getting, at this point. getting pretty good at Overwatch. Yeah. Um, or you just wasted all this time staying bad at Overwatch. Yeah, that too. Um, and I've been playing Arkham Knight, getting my Batman fix, um, and I've been absolutely loving it. I like Arkham Knight. Yeah, it's a good game. What are you playing it on? Uh, Xbox, Xbox One. It looks beautiful. It does look really. It's a beautiful. good looking game. Yeah, it's a really, really good, good looking, looking game. game on console. So are like the issues on PC now pretty much nil or basically being I never had ignored? Because I got it mm. right when it came out before you, they pulled it off Steam because it came with my graphics card. Did you hear anyone have any issues like personally? Like, no. did you know anyone playing on PC that had any issues? <laughs> I heard it was unplayable, but I didn't exactly hear how. What, what was wrong with it? There's just graphical, like technical issues, like the frame rate was dropping. And I had no problem. Yeah, I heard it was a lot of frame rate issues. Yeah. And it ran like 60 on my machine the whole time. Oh, what do you, you have a 970? Mm-hmm. I saw a 1070 at Best Buy the other day, Ooh. and I almost bought it. And I was uh, like, well, I don't have $400 to buy a graphics card. What am I doing? I might, I might get one. You should. <laughs> Even though I haven't, put in, I haven't put in that 760 yet that my coworker gave me. I mean, 1070 is going to eat up anything you throw at it for the next two or three years. So, I mean, it's a good... If you're looking to buy a card, I, mean, I wouldn't get a 1080 unless you're going to do the VR shit, but... Mm. Be good to have yeah. in case you do. 1080, 600 bucks. Ten, I mean, they're they're both, like, expensive gaming cards, you know. Doesn't the... Is it the 1080 or the 1070 that blows the previous Titan out of the water? Both. Okay. I wasn't sure where I the, think the 1070 is, like, on, on par with the uh, Titan... And then 1080 just like trounces both of them. What's the new one, Titan X? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Titan I don't X. like their naming conventions. I will say when I get a full time job when we graduate next May, I'm I'm gonna build a computer. I'm gonna build a beast. It's the way to do it. Get a I've custom. Playing, I've been playing Fallout with a mouse and keyboard, and that makes the UI in Fallout way better. Yeah, because <laughs> I hate managing the Pip Boy. Mm. Um, so you, Overwatch. Overwatch. It's a good fucking game, dude. I, I played it around for the first game. time. In a long time, I think last week, and I just that game is just fun. Like so, it's just it's just fun. Here's an interesting thought. Um, I, I love the relationship that Blizzard has with this community and the way they support their games. Um, as a console gamer, I'm used to getting batches of new content in you know uh, 
DLC packs or kind of like all at once. What mm-hmm. they've been doing so far is trickling out characters and maps kind of one at a time, which is cool, but it doesn't really give me that same like sense of excitement. Like, oh shit, I'm about to get like two new characters and five new maps. This is going to be great. Really? Uh, yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on? I think they're following kind of the, the model set up by MOBAs and stuff where it's just like you just you, you keep content flowing out so that the game stays relevant. Mm. And hearing what happened with uh, Warlords of Drain or the previous WoW expansion, apparently they did not. It was like a trickle of new content. Like there was like two patches mm-hmm. and that was basically it. It was like content mm. drought. So they're probably mm. learning from that. And also the new consoles have just been set up to act more like PCs <laughs> in, in terms of content delivery. Like... Mm. You know, no one, it's like, you know, these big day one patches, things like that. Like no one's going, it's games are constantly being updated. And so Blizzard's just taking advantage of that. And, and Blizzard's learning code. a lot from um, Hearthstone as well and how they tweak that game kind of iteratively, especially yeah, certain oh, cards or Over, Overwatch today is very different than stock Overwatch. Yeah. It, and they have this great content planning management set out that no matter what content they add into one of their other games it all gets funneled into heroes of the storm because yeah, now like overwatch cool. characters are now yeah, in heroes got, of the storm I, two or three now. A, I like the I idea to give heroes. blizzard a lot of credit man they make great games they make great characters they have beautiful games they they have they, they seem like they're doing things right from a business sense they, they have a lot of admiration for that company i think they're doing a lot of things right it's a perfect time for rock and roll racing too I like the idea that Heroes of the Storm is kind of Super Smash Bros. of Blizzard franchises. Yeah, I do too. And I think Ooh, it, 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 it's that a testament. statement alone makes me want to play it. I mean, it's a MOBA. It's a MOBA. So, I mean, yeah. But it, it's a testament to what that company can create from a creative standpoint. Like, that they have enough characters and enough, like, you know, things. That Cache, they, can, yeah. they can bring them all together. And, like, Nintendo can do it. Sony can kind of do it, I guess. What I realized they did with Overwatch is they created something that's kind of like the Avengers but without it ever actually feeling like they were ripping off Marvel or, or a pre-existing No, it feels franchise. like it's their thing. It's, it's fantastic. Minus the fact that it feels like TF2, but yeah. I think that and it's, also there's Pixar. That. It's yeah. so far away from Pixar TF2. Pixar makes but TF2. It, <laughs> but, it, but it picked, when TF2 felt like the Incredibles, like from an archive yeah. standpoint. That's the true. thing that I really have to say about Overwatch that I find particularly impressive is it feels like this universe exists beyond what actually what they've actually released like oh you, my god yeah and, and and why i think that's important is that it gives them the ability to then expand on these these ips so deeply if they want to mm-hmm. um and 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 that's a huge testament because it's easy i think to come out with a game where it's like your your ambition is high and and your actual release falls short whereas this i think that their ambition they they met their ambition and, and comfortably so, to the point of being able to say, we've got a lot of directions we can go with this still, and we're already, we've are already put out a great product already, yeah. and and now we can do more with it, which I think, I think Blizzard does that very well with a lot of their properties. I think they always have, um, but they're just, they're doing good stuff. They're well, firing well, on I, all cylinders. I think Overwatch um, is a, a really good example of what I think Blizzard does the best, though, is that I think Blizzard will only release a... When they have a core thing that works really well, because Overwatch was Titan. Yeah, big MMO. that's what I was going to say. Is yeah. that, you know, they learned from five years of being miserable <laughs> with Titan. And that, they, they don't put something no. out unless they, they have a great, you know, core thing. I think, um, I'm trying to think of what other... Oh, well, so and what Blizzard does is that, like, Blizzard will do things that they don't have to do. Like, StarCraft Two, the original campaign in the first one, was, like, a really fun RTS campaign and was doing things that it didn't need to do because the RTSs at the time did this way. I think that, you know, 
Overwatch did things in the multiplayer shooter thing that other games were doing, and and they did it their way. They just they just put this like this refinement, and like Hearthstone is just Magic the Gathering but Blizzard style. And what's cool about Hearthstone is that Hearthstone's evolving in a way where they're doing. So when Hearthstone came out, it was a lot like Magic, but now yeah. they're doing things that only you could do in a digital space with like basically like where you're feeding cards to other cards to power them up and like there's little things like that and also like the concept of you know we can just change the rules on the fly of this card and you can change the mechanics like yeah we can patch cards but but that's cool hearthstone's moved to a um a model similar to magic where they uh they're phasing out older cards because they can't keep it all balanced yeah Yeah. that's kind of cool um you want to tap that picture or figure out what's flexing (laughs) or just pick it up and pull it out of the window too you can do that just poke lego mason right in the face so, uh, it should be good. You can play anything let's else, Alex? Uh, let's see. Um, no, that's about it. Uh, I haven't uh, touched uh, Bloodborne or Dark Souls again yet, but I plan to at some point. This is gonna drive everyone crazy. Sorry, I Dan. don't think it's gonna pick up in the recording. But oh, you don't? No. Okay, that's fine then. I don't, then I don't mind. And even if it does, since it's a consistent sound, the adaptive noise remover will take. Great. It out. Anyway, anything yeah. else? So there's no, no. Nope. That's it. We can take out a if. Uh, AC fan blowing, it will take that out. Uh, Dylan, you been playing anything? I've been playing a lot. Oh. Uh, we didn't talk about No Man's Sky last week, which I had played. Give me Let's your whole it. rundown. How many, how many plants are in the uh, ward? Podcast? There's or only three because whichever system you spawn in, I think they only give you like three planets because they want you to like get your shit together and get your warp drive and get out of there. Get the fuck out. Um, so ward solar system go is uh, house, houses the planets. Uh, Alex is racist. Uh, True, well, Te- poor Alex. <laughs> True Detective Season 2 in Richmond Public Utilities. And then I left. I love it. Uh, yeah. And then I went to the next one, and then everything in the next one is just named after Wendy. <laughs> so there's like a planet, and then a moon circling the planet. That's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, well, she asked me, and I was like, sure. And, but, you know. It's kind it's, of vain. It, name a planet after me, Dylan. <laughs> Baby, I'm going to name the stars after you. Prove you love me. Just kidding, it's not vain. It's like that part in the family, man. I think I would just name all the planets one letter. This is J. This is J2. HHH. I do that a lot. I was yeah. like, HHH. <laughs> just putting your initials for like, planet. Or, no, or, or all the, like, yeah, the three initial, like, arcade high scores. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, B U T. But it's basically my one line description of it. It's like Minecraft, but without, like, the reason to do anything. <laughs> It, and it, you know, it's and, an extremely chill game. Yes, like it's it's focusing mainly on the exploration, but the through line is just getting your shit to make your next upgrade for your ship, mm-hmm. and then getting out of that solar system. And it's very directed in that way. Like you'll wander aimlessly around a planet for like five ten minutes, like collecting the resources that you normally collect because there's apparently plutonium everywhere. Is that's how the universe works? Is plutonium is the just these, these crystallized rocks that just sprout out of the ground and you're collecting plutonium. And, uh, and then eventually you'll just spawn a marker and be like, you need to go here for your next, mm-hmm. uh, your next story, quote unquote point. And then there's like actual story through lines. Like there's two, I mean, there's three separate ones. There's the one where you just want to be a traveler and get to the center of the universe. There's one where you want to figure out Atlas and Atlas is like this, god this like omnipotent being that exists in the universe and then there's one that's basically like a romeo and juliet through line where it's like these two star-crossed lovers or something these two people that met that like left this breadcrumb across the universe that you're trying to follow but they don't 
I think I skipped parts of each of those things mm-hmm. because it's those two guys when the game first came out that were trying to meet on the planet and <laughs> yeah. could connect yeah. with each but other. It doesn't, but like, so like the not, none of those stories make sense. Like I know more about the Atlas stuff because they explain more of that pre-release, but I don't know, but you know, it's fun. Like the actual, like, you know, they wanted to capture that seventies, eighties cover art, like sci-fi dime store novel art and experience of like just launching off a planet and stuff. And it's, they do that. Like every time you take off a planet and go out of the atmosphere or come back into a planet on reentry or like um, hyper, you know, you know, go to light speed and go to another galaxy. It's really like all the art direction is really cool. Just there's parts where because it's supposed to be this big open thing, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't let you bend the rules as much as you want. It's not like a GTA where like, okay, I know the system's in place. Now I'm going to drive a truck off the top of a building it's like space truck they never want you to harm yourself so like you know so there's like three there's like three or four levels of like speed so it's like your normal spaceship speed and then there's like a booster jump that you can do in atmosphere Mm -hmm. and then there's like a cross planetary super boost that you can do outside of atmosphere then there's the the light speed travel that goes from solar system to solar system when you're in the super boost going from planet to planet you don't have direct control you just aim at a direction and hold down the bumpers and then it just does a countdown and then launches you. And then it has a fuel gauge that trickles down, but it'll shut off if you get towards any sort of planetary object or anything. So like there was the first time I used it, I was trying to get to the space station and the space stations all just look like board cubes. It's just giant, mm-hmm. you know, um, hydra, you know, uh, big polygons in space. And, I just aimed directly at it, went towards it. I didn't know how to shut the thing off, so I literally hit the, the side of the space station, <laughs> but it doesn't do anything. You just bounce off. And so my guy is just so like... so funny like that, and then just ended the game and deleted your file. <laughs> <laughs> just start over, new save. You're not, you're not equipped for the space journey. But there's not even, like, saves. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, like, save selection. There's nothing. Like, the when you start the game, it shows you this st- star map, and you're just, like, zooming through it, and you can, like, kind of slowly pan around, and which is, like, this giant loading screen. And then, you know, tile card comes up and then fades out and then you're on your last save point. But there's no, like, save file management. Cool. There's there's nothing. It's just, like, you jump in and you play it. But, like, there's there's very little... You, you feel like you don't have that much control into where you're going. You're just kind of milling about until they tell you, okay, go to the next thing. Which is kind of weird because I feel like in a game, like, where exploration is one of the big draws, I feel like player agency and feeling like you have an impact on the world is super important otherwise you just feel like you're you're just kind of wandering aimlessly Mm -hmm. which i think is interesting if you're in more handcrafted content but when you're seeing the pieces fit together together it becomes more of like i'm just i feel like i need more loop there i don't know it's it's very rubber stamp so it's like okay i'm gonna land on this planet there's gonna be X number of resources because every planet needs to have the resources to get me off the planet. So I know I'm going to find. Gotta get off planet. <laughs> and we're going to find plutonium. I, this I, I or think it would be really cool if if you could get totally stranded and have to restart your game. I think that'd be that'd cool. That'd be cool, but I don't think they have they would have a system in place for doing that. Yeah. What, what I've heard is that. And if they did that, then imagine how smaller the universe gets because then you have all these people restarting saves and then colonizing X times as many more planets because they're constantly dying and having to respawn on a completely new solar system. Well, that'd be cool, and I know this is just totally wishful thinking at that point. If it were actually multiplayer, you could get stranded on a, a planet and wait for someone to come <laughs> and, and just fucking hope that they're going to help you. Dark get off Souls. Or find, like, ghost colonies and shit like that. Yeah. One, 
one I think the biggest thing that I was disappointed is that, that there's this this huge scale, but there's not a lot of apparently there's not like biome diversity on the planets. It's like they're each planet's no. kind of like this yeah. is that type of planet yeah. and this is that this is all your the way barren around. Planet. Like you land on it and it literally gives you all these stats like all right, this is the average temperature. Right. This is like this is the hazard. It's gonna be either super cold, you know, sub zero temperatures or it's acid rain or it's temperate, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um and then like this is the vegetation, it's gonna be barren or it's gonna be flush or whatever and then that's the entire planet i just think that that's one thing i think minecraft does really well is that they would introduce new biomes as the game came out and like you know like when you were in the desert it felt like you were in the desert and when you were in and the materials interacted differently and the swamps were really cool and the the species there i do think that that i feel like there's a second lap for no man's sky that i'm really interested in you know, as they update the game, it's, and it's exactly the Destiny trajectory. Like it's yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah, where it's I like, think that's the narrative around it right now. But I, I do think they shot themselves in the foot within the because fir- I was ready to buy it. Like I was gonna buy it, and then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna add colony and this stuff." I was like, "All right, well, I'm just gonna wait because I'm gonna play this one time, and I'm gonna do this loop one time, probably." I think the key word that Dylan used early when he was describing his experience just now is you said Dylan supposed to be. So it was supposed to be this. It was supposed to be that. And you were talking about, I forget what specifically you said just now, but... Um, it was supposed y- to be better. <laughs> well, well, but... but, but yeah. And you're not the only person I've heard say that. And I think what that translates to, to me, is they did a very bad job at managing their message of their product. And so there were all these expectations that went unmet. And when you release a product with unmet expectations, you are inherently going to invite a lot of criticism because that when something falls short of of those expectations, people will be critical of that. And, um, you know, to Mason's point, to what you just said now, Mason, I think that uh, it's not enough to just come out and say, okay, well, we're going to be doing this, this and this. It's like, well, if that's what we were supposed to be from the get go. You shouldn't have told us that was the case. You should, you know, it's always that it's that under promise and over deliver kind of thing. And I think that they really failed <laughs> in this product launch from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and that's not to say that it's a bad product. It's not to say people shouldn't get get into it. And it's not to say that it won't become a great product. But I think that it, it, they really botched the release. I think you're absolutely. I, I think the other thing is that you put numbers that big out there. And you don't explain what's in those numbers. People are going to start filling in the gaps. I mean, and this my, is not a cheap game either. No, it's a sixty dollars. And you know, I mean, my qualifier is that you know I enjoyed my time with it, and I don't regret the sixty dollars. And man, you know, for the work they did towards it and the work that they're going to do, I mean, sure, I mean, I'll kick them sixty dollars. I do take a, I, I do take issue with like the work they're going to do because I don't I don't I don't pay for work you will do. I pay for what you have on the disc. You know what I mean? Like, that's, 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 that's sure. Like a but, personal, like if I buy a car, I'm not paying for the. That's Peter Molyneux and, and Lionhead how how paying for the work you will do works out. Right, but yeah. this is a case by case basis. A video game isn't a car, and, and you know Sean Murray is not Peter Molyneux. Like so, I I do think that um you can point to a lot of things. Now listen, the No Man's Sky that came out is actually exactly what I thought it was going to be. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I I had my expectations so tempered on this thing from the get go because I was like, there's no way, and then everyone in the media was saying there's no way. So I was like, all right, I I listen to them. They're all skeptical. Uh-huh. They should be skeptical. <laughs> And, and all the fan base was like, there's a way. But but there are things that... He, Life finds a way. From, and like, you know, I think that Life as... Life finds a way. As a student that goes in, in a, at a marketing school and like, we this is what we do, 
I think Sean Murray failed as a as a entrepreneur trying, and I think he he did a great job of hyping his product up. He did a terrible job at setting the expectations, and I think that a lot of what happened in No Man's Sky is a victim of pitchfork, you know, mob mentality on the internet, but also a lot of things that they Sony should have gotten gotten contained the message. Sony's a big enough company; they should have wrapped their hands around it. They put enough marketing behind it. This was a solvable problem. The problem is, is that Sony's they just want to sell all of this on day one. Yes. And the the more cynical aspect is like if people, you know, burn Hello Games at the stake, does Sony really care? Yeah. So nope. uh, but I, I think that there are things that 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 he should have they still haven't come out and been like there's no multiplayer even though like they need they yeah, just that's, need that's to that's a like, weird thing just a bullet point tweet just no I mean, multiplayer just, just fucking like what to say it yeah. what's the point of not like that's just bad like if you run a business and like you're selling a product the trust that you have with your like I trust Naughty Dog to deliver quality games I I trust From Software you know what I mean I don't understand there shouldn't there doesn't need to be this vagueness it adds no mystery it's not improving my experience I mean I think the only the only excuse the only reasoning there is that you know they're a 10, 15, 20 person team. You know, I mean, but you being see, a there game are, developer, being there are countless interviews with Sean Murray where he doesn't actually say that. He dances around it in like every possible way. Sure. And that's his failing. But I think, you know, being a software developer and even being a person running a company does not make you a good marketer or a good, you know, right, so, but PR true. person. But so if it's a 20 person team, make it a 21 person no, team exactly. and hire like, the person I'm that not can do that. excusing it. I'm just saying yeah, like yeah. that was the reality yeah. that existed. Sure. And I, and I think, I think that. Part of being a good entrepreneur is saying, you know, you don't have to hire a whole team to market this, but that one person who can manage that message did not get hired or was bad at their job. Or someone someone thought they could do it in addition to their other responsibilities. I'm saying the biggest failing of No Man's Sky is that it could have addressed it ahead of time and it would have come out and everyone would have been like, great. And it would there be no issue. And I think there's a lot of lost and I think that trust is a really important thing, especially in small indie teams because you want you know you want to support developers and i, I think the independent independent games particularly it's like you see people going to vlambeer a lot because they, they 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 like those guys and they like the games they put out over and over i think that hello games is now kind of like a tainted name uh i don't i don't think i think they were terrified if they let a little bit air of that out of that balloon they let all the air out they said hey this isn't like there isn't the things that you're expecting they were afraid everyone was going to walk away. And the thing with Van Bleer, like, I don't, I, I, again, think it's a case-by-case basis. Like, comparing them to Naughty Dog, like, you know, Naughty Dog is a several hundred person I'm not, team. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying that Sony manages these bigger companies and can handle their marketing. Sony should have stepped in and helped. But right. I think, but and I think th- to your point, though, Dylan, that's, that, we're still talking about scope. It's still a relevant thing because... If you're saying, well, they're, they're, we should we should have lower expectations of teams with fewer people, their product needs to meet that expectation regardless. If the four of us in this room were to make a video game, we would need to market it and talk about it with the realistic expectation that four people can only make a certain thing. And I think, I think what Mason's saying is that we were told we were getting something from a 120-person team, but got something from a 20-person team. That's and true. they didn't manage the discrepancy or between those, they, the message They're trying and the to make up for that, you know, staff difference by procedural generation. And, right. or regardless and of... 60, of <laughs> and $60 uh, right. price tag. No, exactly. Regardless of the, what we know, because we're super into this industry and we, we follow all this shit for some reason, the... the kid that's going and spending $60 on this game versus spending $60 on Uncharted 4... 
it's two very dramatically different values. And I'm not saying I don't, the value proposition of games is, is a totally different discussion. What I'm saying is, is that they are selling it like it's a, they're selling a $60 product and I'm not sure they delivered a $60 product. I and, haven't played it. I can't tell. And, and uh, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I haven't played it either. So I can only say what I've read and what I've seen. One of the things that it really strikes me as, and I think you see this, especially in this day and age where it's easy to learn enough to be dangerous it's hard to see big picture stuff when it comes to entrepreneurial endeavors, especially in technology. And what I mean by that is that this game launch really strikes me as something that was really driven by engineers. And what I mean by that is that so much of this strikes me as they were so concerned with figuring out if they could do they never asked if they, they should. They never asked <laughs> if they should. <laughs> Multiple um, Jurassic Park references today. Yes. Um, but, but really, what I mean, you know, they, they, they were so concerned with saying, can we as engineers do this really cool, procedurally generated, huge thing? And, and yes, they can. But then because that was the focus, it fell short on other areas of things like, you know, game design story, story player motivation or or take it away from the game for a moment and just look at entrepreneurial endeavors marketing pr the 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 product launch that sort of thing i i think that all of those things seemed to take a back seat because you had a bunch of people who are clearly very talented i don't think anyone is saying that the engineers and developers of this game are are not talented i, I don't think that's or the that case or it's a bad game or I don't that it's a bad I, I game i want to make sure that I'm, we're not going right. to that, that right. that's not the thing i'm worried about what i'm worried about is people burning them at the stake but i think and i but, don't but think they that's like, the thing though is messing that, up is not reason for you know assassination I agree. So here's here's the thing. If Resident Evil Six were Resident Evil One, you'd never see another Resident Evil game. Yeah. But because oh. there's and, and so, you know, it's 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 tough when it's a it's a studio's first release it's not. because we we first can say no, the first they had they, they had, 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 had Joe Danger, Danger one and two. two. Okay, those well, are made the, games. Okay, then they're former you know, burnout. The, the point the point uh, that I'm okay. the point that I'm making is it's enough for us in this room where we're close enough to the industry to be looking at all these things. But at the end of the day, the cons you can't have these arguments with consumers because consumers don't have time nor do they care about that. And and yes, I don't want to see them get burned at the stake either. Because I think that the crazy amounts of time and talent that go into making something like this is difficult. Right. Um, but unfortunately, we don't live in a society where consumers are forgiving of, of things like that. They, they, most people who play video games play video games for the sake of playing video games. They don't care about the industry. They don't care about the development process. And so they look at it and say, man, I spent 60 bucks on something that was not what I expected. Again, not saying it's bad, but it's not what I expected. I probably won't give that company sixty bucks again because I don't want to get burned again. Which I think, I think that that's a, I I don't I think that the the mob that forms around that has been around No Man's Sky from when on both sides, like when it was being celebrated as this fucking thing, mm -hmm. I was like, like like I had people asking about No Man's Sky that I didn't know cared about games. Like it got it, it hit a fever pitch that I think that even they didn't expect and they didn't know how to. Like that's a hard thing to manage. Yeah, but I think that you know. Hello Games being mobbed at, or I don't even know how to say that, 
is not right, but I do think the fact that they've lost trust in the community is fair because they delivered a product that they, sure. they should have gotten ahead Losing of. Losing trust and having to regain that trust, that's fine. And Hello Games is going to be fine. They sold a fuck ton of copies of No Man's Sky. Did you see the yeah. Yeah. players drop on Steam? I did. Yeah, but that happens to every single player game. But like, it dropped I know, like a lot. I know it dropped a lot, but also like every Fallout 4 for the first two weeks or whatever had a ton of concurrent players. And it, I mean, yes, I think that the loop of No Man's Sky is probably 10 hours of satisfying gameplay, and then you're probably done. Mm, There's probably less than that for me, but I can okay, see your okay, point. Okay, so exactly. Like, my point is is that, like, I I think that head, I think it was bullshit that that headline was going around anyways, because I think you're just fueling a fire that doesn't need to be fueled anymore. Like, you're not adding anything to the conversation. You're just saying this game isn't great, and look how many people aren't playing because it it's not great. But I think it goes back to the idea of expectation. Um, yeah. You know, if, if the whole point of what sounded like it was going to make this game great was the vastness of the scope... Yeah, and then, and then you only get eight hours of worthwhile gameplay. That's that's a that's a mismatch, and that's something that people say. You know, if so, I, I think if it had come out twenty dollars, people would have been like, "That's exactly oh, what I was thinking." That's, fine. Yeah. that's yeah. exactly that's what I was what thinking. Some uh, critics were saying that they were yeah. expecting. It was like when they first saw it, like Brad Shoemaker said that. Yeah, he said yeah, when yeah. I first saw it, I was like, oh, "I was expecting like a twenty thirty dollar thing," and then they came out or sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, but uh, but to make a full, it, you're you're making a statement with your price tag. Absolutely. It's like, it's like Ford wouldn't release a Focus that's $60,000. Like People would be like, what Damn, the fuck? I want that Focus. And, and granted, you know, maybe we're at a point stuff. in the industry where we need to have a conversation about is is $60 an okay price point for a premium game? Maybe maybe No Man's Sky really is worth 60 bucks, but games like Fallout 4 are worth $100. Yeah, and we I should agree. be, I, I think yeah, we should be having now. Superman 64 is worth $100. at least $300. No. You know. But I, I, I think, think The Witcher 3, I've gotten way more than $60 oh, out of. my God. Yeah, and yes. I got The Witcher 3 for free, so yeah. like, I feel well, bad just about the, that. The, the nature of the industry, the nature of the, the man hours, I mean, that was one of the big realizations for me over the summer working with VR, is when you see the pipeline just to make a, a super simple experience and you realize just how many people have to go in because you've got the you know you've got the person who has to do the textures you've got the person who has to do the different maps you've got the person who has to do um the the lighting you've got the person who has to do the sound design you've got the person who has to put everything into the game engine pull it all together you've got i mean people upon people upon people to make a single room barely interactive experience let alone Witcher 3 and we're saying we're only going to charge 60 bucks for that. Maybe it's time we have that conversation where we say no man's sky is worth 60 bucks and these other games are worth a hundred because then it becomes a relative thing. But that's, you know, think, that's a I conversation think, we can have for another day. I also um, think the games have started to figure that out too with, uh, whether it's ex- expansion sure. and DLC or, is, is obviously, but I also think as, as you see games take more of a software as a service kind of model where it's like you're, you're paying in throughout the year where you play it or you're, you know, you're either, it's not monthly subscription, but it's buying content or, or valve has keys and like, got to upgrade you get, your forward operating base. But then you get people, you know, yeah. Capcom includes DLC in the, in the initial release and people get, pissed off right. and it's like well there's bad practices it's it's it, this character is on point, the disc now one paying me to unlock this character one thing that is really exciting and, and it's exciting Shepard. for no man's sky Shepard. and what you're saying earlier dylan and i know that we kind of pulled away from it but i think that you know the no man's sky that's out i'm excited for the no man's sky that's out in a year what you know what is that no man's sky now and if, i'll and i'll have it because and, like i already bought yeah, and, in so and it's it, fine yeah, and it's fine i i i don't know if i'd ever want to just invest in a game knowing that it'll be good later on but i think you can feel good about the money you spent knowing that now their now. reputation if 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 no man's guy doesn't become us a, a, a slightly more interesting thing 
You know, I think that it's going to kind of... And I think you see that work in Fate. Like, Hitman came out and everyone was like, what the fuck? And mm. as time went on, I think Eidos developed a lot of trust with their community of like, we're doing this well and we're really delivering over and over. And, and here's Gary Busey. And here's Gary Busey. <laughs> but, I, also, but I also think Gary that Gary Busey's that, in Rookie of the Year, by the way. Is that a movie? The the Fast Pitch movie? I didn't, I didn't know he was in that. He's the pitcher. That's Isn't funny. that Gary Busey? Like, the, he's the washed up pitcher. I was thinking about it the other day. Wait. Is that not Dennis Quaid? I, that's Dennis what I Quaid? No, the rookie. Isn't that another movie? That's uh, yeah, I think that's a Dennis Quaid movie. Um, what happened but, to Dennis but Quaid? Let me ask you this though, Dylan. So you're okay? You're saying okay? I bought into this. I know it's going to get good. What if when they release the thing that makes it good, they charge you more money? I wouldn't buy it. Right. I'm pretty sure. And then and then. That's a mustache. Sorry. Isn't that no. weird? Because I've seen that movie like a hundred times. I never realized that. Sorry. Sorry. Unrelated. Um. But but then at that point, would you then feel like you didn't get your money's worth? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I just, I mean, I already at, spent the sixty dollars. I'm not at that not, point. It's a you know. I mean, hey, look, I'm not trying to knock this game. Um, no, I know, but like, I don't. I, I just, I just think that that we need to examine why this criticism is there and whether the criticism is valid. And I, I think that it is. Um, and I, I don't think anyone's. I don't think anyone thinks that the criticism is not. Valid. I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think you're just saying that the the mob, that the them being burnt at the stake for this seems a little over overstepping. Sure. It. But also like. The, the question, and I think as, as game developers or, or people creating media, putting out in the world, you do need to, you need to understand how to enter that, um, that transaction with your consumer base. And if you anger that transaction, I think it's on you as a business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're selling, you are, you are providing a thing and they're paying you to do it. It's everything that happens afterwards is somehow your fault. The consumer, I'm not, now, I, I think that there's a lot of things the internet shouldn't do. But I think there's a lot of ways to get ahead of that the next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I promise you, the next time that Sean Murray goes on a stage, he will never. Say, he'll be like, "Yeah, you're gonna be able to play the game," and that's all he'll say. He'll just get off the stage. Thank you, It's a thing you can play. Then yeah. they'll, they'll show a logo. That's the other no, thing I want to talk no about. No woman's sky. Well, are you gonna make a point before I go into this other point? No, I was just gonna say I think that's that that's the key, right? Is that what we're talking about? I think that maybe to Dylan's point where they don't deserve to be crucified. They don't deserve to be crucified as developers, but they do deserve the criticism as a business because where they're failing is they're not failing as game developers in the development engineering sense where they are failing as game developers is in the business and marketing sense. The, um, the one parallel I find with this is that I remember when I went to target once when I was like in high school or whatever, and I bought far cry Two, And when I was buying it and I bought it full price and I was like, Oh, here's like, a thousand hours of gameplay in this or something like huh. it was all about the numbers and i went home and played and i played more of far cry 2 than i did of no man's sky um but i ultimately didn't like it i love far cry 2. no i know hold on that doesn't surprise me but my point is that like but i didn't feel burned by it and then right. i played far cry 3 and i think far cry 3 is a fantastic game and so i mean those are and those are two very different games right and i think yeah. far cry 3 fits my Temperament I, I think Far Cry more. 3 improves on a lot of what Far I think there's things that Far Cry 2 did that I, I personally enjoy, but I don't think it makes a good game. But my greater point is that I spent yes. $60, I was promised a a number, whatever, you know, 15 quintillion planets, 1,000 hours of gameplay, whatever. There's a lot of planets in Far Cry 2. And then... The planet Africa. And then... <laughs> and But ultimately, I didn't see that content because, you know, the actual gameplay was unsatisfying to me. Yeah. Do you... Did you but feel... I, I wasn't pissed... I was, are you ups- you're not upset about No Man's Sky either, or are you more upset about it than? No, I was more upset about Far Cry Two than I am about No Man's oh, okay, Sky. Okay. But you know, but it wasn't like ah, oh, what a waste of my money. I was like, well, well, but also Far Cry Two came out in a time where like I don't think 
that fever pitch around game games media could happen either. Yeah. But I, I think No Man's Sky has brought up an interesting debate of how do we show games before they come out. And I think it's Absolutely. it's been increasingly an issue over and over as like E3 has gotten more eyeballs and like, you know, games media. And one thing I really think is that I think games, and this has been talked about a lot, is that like you should just announce the game. You go dark and work on it for a couple of years, and then like two months before release is when you start showing like the real stuff. Well, I Fallout feel like 4. this. And yeah, Fallout Four did it great. Like I don't think Fallout Four. I mean, there I are mean, things. But, that, I mean, I feel still like the 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 overall reaction to Fallout Four was disappointment. Like, I mean, not not a lot, not a lot. I'm saying that the critical response to like the entire package that is Fallout Four, I don't have that. But I don't was, know if it's disappointment. I, I think I, think I did. I think I gave think it's at least a, a middle to thumb up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I it's, think it's at least seven. But seven like, and a half whenever eight. anyone brings it up, that's unrelated. I think the point about bringing Fallout Four up is that the Fallout Four that I saw, right? At they E3 showed a trailer and then they went. was the yeah. Fallout Four right. that I played. Yeah. Like, because, no, there's no. I didn't see did anything. It, they did it four months before. Right. And and I think that it worked in their favor because I think that there are parts about Fallout Four that people didn't like from a narrative standpoint and like your agency within the questing design, you know, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like that's. They're constantly happen. comparing it back to Fallout New Vegas and three, and they said it wasn't as good. And but at no point in the E three stuff did I get any vibe that it was going to be. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because then you look at stuff like it's got an I, 80, I think we've eighty eight on Metacritic. I think we've we've talked about it's, this it's video fun. before. But I get what the, you're talking about. Though. The Ubisoft comparison videos that compare what's shown at E three and other like, conventions. Well, Watch Dogs is probably the first big one. I think Watch Dogs, really... The Division, Wait, like is the E three one? It's just Aisha Tyler just shouting the entire time. And then I hey, I want Aisha Tyler shouting. I didn't get that. Um, <laughs> I think I think, but I yeah, I feel like there there are enough times that I can I can count on my hand. Like think very distinctly of the game I expected to get was not the game that was released. Well, because I, of what was marketed. I to feel me. like Google. I'm mean, Google. I feel like Pokemon Go and No Man's Sky were like the trendsetters in terms of you know proper you know ways to not do computer but, yeah. c- communication over the summer. Yeah, I think we're gonna have. It'll be interesting to revisit this conversation in January when Resident Evil Seven comes out, um, because when they announced it this summer. Um, you know, they said, and the demo's live now. And then it wasn't until about two weeks later or three weeks later where they were like, well, by the way, that demo isn't actually the game. It yeah. has nothing to do with the game. It's, it's, and you're like, oh, okay. They should have given so, it like a different title, like Resident Evil 7. Like PT or like, yeah, you know, right. colon. And so I think it'll be interesting to or see demo. Resident Evil colon if, if Resident <laughs> Evil 7 is successful, we can say, hey, great. They set the tone. They announced it. Here it is. On the other hand, I think, you know, because that's only six, seven months beforehand. So they may, may, you know, similar to Fallout. On the other hand, we might look at it and say, wow, they set up something that was not what people expected and it's a failure and blah, blah, blah. So I think it'll be really interesting because I think that's going to be a release that has, um, it, it's got elements of that. We only announced it six months beforehand, but it's also got elements of that. We did announce it with something that was not what we were ultimately releasing. How is that going to play into things? I yeah. bet you we'll see more about Resident Evil 4 next week. Though. I mean, I'm seven next week because um that PlayStation Neo <laughs> yeah, event next slip. week. They're, they're launching their new console. They're announcing yeah, their new console that, next week. Is that week? when Bioware is announcing their new IP? Oh, I didn't know no, that. I think this is just a PS. This is just Sony. This is a Sony, hardware Sony's going to say, hey, all the rumors that came out, they're all true. Yeah, this is the console. Console. Yeah. Unboxing okay. video. You saw the Slim, yeah. No, I'll be interested to see. And I think also the other thing is that, like, you know, Ground Zeroes and Metal Gear Solid Five. there was a certain expectation of what the environments would be. And I think that Ground Zero, I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five was ultimately less 
dense than people wanted. But also, like, Metal Gear Solid 5 is a great game. So like, Ground Zeroes is fun, too. Yeah. Ground Zeroes is awesome. Like, for Ground, I got it for free on Games of Gold. And so, for me, that was like, I really, if you really like Ground need Zeroes, to keep you should just play Metal Gear Solid 5. I don't, Dude, know, they're how, always I don't know how they're I missed that. They're literally always happening. It's the first of every like, month, right? But it starts the first of every month, but then you can go download it any day. War Podcast have sponsored you, like, by Xbox. Have you any gotten, day. Have you gotten the Uplay free games over the summer? Uh, I got Rayman. And yeah, Splinter Cell. Oh, I didn't get Splinter Cell, but I got Rain Prince of Persia. Rayman? Rain Man. Yes, you, you play as Tom Cruise and you have to escort Dustin <laughs> drop, Hoffman drop, to, the, to the casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play this, that game. This floating disembodied hand Wait. drops a bunch of pencils and then says how many pencils oh, it was. Real quick. Um, quick quick uh, topic change for a sec. I'm so excited for... Is it Clay or Clay? Clay. Clay. Clay's lava game. Oh, hot lava. Hot lava. Oh, sweet. It's literally just the floor is lava, and here's some it's really their first graphics. game. It yeah. looks awesome. It looks awesome. good. Miles look cool. I'm excited. Uh, other games I've been playing. Uh, I, I'm still working on The Witcher. Witcher three. I need to get back into it. I, I need, need to, to play the too. DLC. I just rescued Dandelion. In case you want to know where I am, Dandelion. I think I'm about to rescue Dandelion. Oh, I, Dandelion! I think it's a Dan the Lion. You only Dan do, the wait, Lion. I was you, thinking like a you only do that once, right? That's not like a thing that happens multiple times. I hope it's no, not you a recurring only save thing. Him once. Okay. That, okay. That I'm game about picks up a lot of steam once you have Dandelion because it starts. I'm. I'm gonna. You, that's one of my. That's one of my very soon to play games. Yeah. I'm gonna be playing. Dylan, I thought you were also a great winter break game. Does it sounds like you had like started blazing into it over the summer. Well, I, I hadn't been touching it for weeks. Like when when we moved, I didn't touch it for like a month and a half or something. But well, um, no. So I picked it back up because I was excited for Blood and Wine. And I finally beat it, and then once I beat it, I was like, all right, I'll come back to this later. Famous. So I bought Blood and Wine, and I just haven't played it. <laughs> I um uh, but I'm about to go to Skellige because I haven't touched Skellige yet. I did that really late too. But that's Skellige, where I'm, you're gonna burn through Skellige too because you're not here. But yeah, I'm 17. Um. Skellige is fun. I like the the whole quest line in Skellige feels very Game of Thrones. Well, I'm doing um all the side quests first that yeah, are below is, my level. It's King's Gambit, so basically you can kind of figure out what you're gonna do in Skellige. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now Radovid is becoming a bigger player in the in the story. But I'm going through all the side quests and, and doing those first, so I just help Triss escape and all this that, other stuff. That, that's sweet. The party you go to, did you do that? Yeah, yeah the party, yeah, the party, party was, was fun. That was, that was cool because and the guy was like, "You want to play Gwent?" I was like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, let's stop everything. I'm playing Gwent." The um, that quest line I thought was really cool because I think it tackles um, uh, exploitation of a certain population type or like yeah. fear of a certain population type in a really interesting way because it can tell this cool allegory about like you know because you could draw a lot of parallels to you know society and, and you know maybe either racism or like nationalism from that quest line like where they're like, "What? Why is this? Why?" And I think that it looks at it very like. This this is just uh, this is fucked. Like we shouldn't do this. Yeah, but like I feel like there's so much going on in that game, and I don't have the context of the previous games because you know mages used to be respected, but now they're not. They so, still are, but so they're I, very feared. I just yeah. don't. I don't understand like where I don't understand the state of the world very well. So it's just like mages are bad, and we have witch hunters and blah blah blah, yeah. blah and there and there's like three kings or maybe there's eight kings and this king is wants to kill all the witches and this one and this state in this city is a free city and blah 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 I'm like I can't uh, I'm not keep up with all this Polish game developers am I right? <laughs> am I right? Yeah so I'm not excusing the, Polish game developers. the game design but if you do really want to you can look it up there's No a, I know yeah. but uh, and I usually do that I'm because you know I did that with Skyrim. Like I just started reading See, a Sky, just, Skyrim. Wiki. Skyrim's lore never did it for me. Oh. But like Witcher lore like I'm I like Witcher's take on fantasy a lot. I like the I like Witcher like I like I know you don't Dr- like the Witcher no but I mean like- no I, I mean I've I've there's a there's a line of dialogue that he said that like made him make Wait, much do you not more like sense Geralt of Rivia 
I don't like his voice. Like his voice is very uh, grating for like the first couple hours. Such a badass. He's like, I'm, but like he's a stereotypical badass. He's just very like, dude. Um, but it's like Marcus Fox. Dylan, there, yeah. it, I wish you guys would beat the game because I had. I'm playing it. I'm going to beat it. No, 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 I'm saying, but there's a line of dialogue that makes his grizzled character like. Well, I got the bad ending, and there's something he says in the bad ending that just is like. That only a game that you play for a hundred hours to hear this one line that mm-hmm. he would never say in the game. Like, I was just like, I was like, this is fucking awesome. This is great. This is the best thing ever happened. Like, I was so stoked. Well, I think there's a I line tell dialogue you what happened. that God he. Damn it. Well, I'll finish it. I'll finish it by the year's end. But there is a thing so that happened. I forget which quest it was, but he said something to the effect of like, "I'm trained not to have reactions to things," which is a much better like piece of like character development than when he said. I am mutated to not have emotions because then that's just like lazy fantasy writing. But like the act that like, oh, no, well, I'm trained. Like, I mean, but no, but he actually was. No, mutated. I know. Yeah. But that's kind of dumb because that then allows the character that allows you to like not have to work as hard for the to make well, the character rounded. I disagree with that because there are a lot of examples in that game of him showing emotion and mm-hmm. of of him in spite of his you know biology um, being an actual person. So I, I no, think it I makes do. those and parts I, stronger. And I think he does have g- good like dialogue. when you're banging the one girl. Or when you're banging, or the, you're banging the other girl. Or yeah. when you're banging the other girl. Such, a, such emotion. <laughs> <laughs> such passion. My my Witcher just banged everything. Like, he, like I felt bad. And, the, and it comes, comes up to on a head monster, the end, bangs really the monster. Awesome but uh-huh. I was like, anytime a romance option, I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, let's get to work. And I'd be like, Sarah, look, boobs. <laughs> uh... But no, I, I I'm enjoying it. I'm still it's still good. It, that game, I love the monster design in that game oh so well, much. What I was gonna say is that I like his profession. Like I, I like the craft that they take into like making him knowledgeable about his profession. Because there's a part where you're in the sewers in Novigrad, and there's like you're clearing it out, and you're finding like, you know, footprints, and then a huge scratch on the wall, and then like a guy who had like had bite and scratch marks on his neck. I'm like, oh, we're obviously dealing with a vampire. And then he says, uh, gobbledygook, because it's like some fancy Euro- Eastern yeah, European that, yeah. name also, for I love the vampires vampire. in The Witcher. Oh, my but, God. They're fucked. But they're he just sweet. says it. He's like, it's a thing. And then Triss is like, a what? And he's <laughs> like, don't you read? Like, you know, there's just this idea of like, you know, I'm so much more knowledgeable about this stuff. I, I, love- I like that. And I like he gets embroiled in things so outside the scope of his profession. It's just so stupid. Well, and I like that he hates politics, even though yeah. he's like the the single most influential political figure in I that mean, world. If I was in that world. I would hate politics because I don't know what the fuck's going on. That's true. I, I love that the role of the Witcher is kind of like a utility, like a plumber or yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Call a Witcher. We gotta yeah. get some money to get the Witcher. And in. Everyone yeah. thinks that he's and that Witchers just care only about money. And then, but the way I play him, he like couldn't give less of a shit about money, but he still has dialogue where he's like, "Yeah, I'm here. How much you pay me?" Uh, there I are do, some I, quests I where I don't like up. the people, and I just like make them pay for everything, oh, or I just yes. let the monster kill the whole. Like, <laughs> there's one quest line where like you're helping these people that it's it's essentially a religion versus science quest line. Is this the one with the statues that they people nah, knock over? Nah, okay, nah. but that one that's early on. So this one, but pretty much you you have they make you pick a side, and I was like, all right, well fuck the druids, whatever. The druids are dicks. And the monster, so I'm like, all right, you don't believe that the monster's real, whatever. Or you, oh, no. they thought the monster was its god. I was like, fine. And I'm like, I thought the monsters. So then I can't go to that town anymore because the gone. monster killed it. And then yeah. I had to kill the monster too. But what kind of monster was it? It's the ones that have the antlers. Oh, they're the, so uh, fucking cool. Uh, Wadingo. No, it's the, it's the big tree thing. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Trent. Um, Ent. They had a comic about it too. Um, Either way, those things are cool. Ent moot. Witcher. There's. 
points of levity in that game that I really like. Have you done the quest line where you have to learn the lines? Yes. And then you go on you stage. You know what I did? I just took a snapshot of the, oh, of the thing. But if it's you like, fuck I'm not up on stage, this. she like glares at you at one point. Oh, and really? Because <laughs> he has to improv to pick up where you don't know your lines. Because <laughs> you're not and rhyming it's properly. Well done. The um. And he's all stiff on stage and he's awkward and he's trying to he's trying to be himself. Yeah, no, I like that. Good. That was a good. That was a good scene. The scene I didn't like because it was so poorly animated and shot was the scene where you fight uh, Horson Jr. and like his bathhouse. Oh, because it like cuts at bad angles and the animation is really bad. No, it, you're right. But I hated Horson Jr. so much by the time I got there that it was a really satisfying. They made you hate Horson really well. Horson. Horson. Yeah, that's a weird name. What's his nickname? It's his nickname. He's a Horson. Um, Man, hey, Dan, what do you think of The Witcher? I look forward to playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dylan, you been playing anything else? Uh, I've been playing... I played Super Mario 3D World with Wendy last night because I bought it because it's part of Nintendo Selects now. Because so it's, it's only awesome oh, and it's 20 bucks. super worth 20 bucks. In so, that game, I, I think that's my favorite looking Mario game. Yeah. Graphically. Um, it looks. It's really fun. It handles really well, too. No, I think Captain Toad is my favorite Well, it's Mario basically game. the same I know. game. What did that originally come out for? The Wii. Wii U. You. Wii U. Um, the Wii U? It came in 2013. Because Captain Toad came title, after, I thought. it might have been, might have been around. Was it, the it came, time. it came with my Wii. Like I got it for free with when oh, I yeah. bought my Wii. So I got Mario Kart. I'm not as up on my Mario as you guys are. Where's that in relation to Super Mario Galaxy? It's the, so next it's the, it's version. basically the next one, but it doesn't play. Well, I mean, it plays like it, but they basically took like Super Mario 60. You know, the the is 3D, this the multiplayer one? Yeah, and okay. they took it and, and matched we did, we did it with Super Mario Brothers Two. Because there's oh. also new Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Yeah, which is Super more Mario Brothers. I think we played Luigi. like five minutes of something. Yeah. So then Super Mario 3D. Basically, I'm getting furious by their naming conventions. <laughs> no, like, but it's it, makes, just... it makes it makes perfect sense if you were around when us dinosaurs were and played playing your Super Mario 3 or Super Mario World. No, no, I get, I get, they, I get and the they connection. Play and no, all the all the, the the conventions in those two games make sense within that. I just want to do the Madden. I want I want Mario 2017. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Mar- Cup Mario. Marvel Heroes 2017. Um, but like the, it's fun. I love the puffs of smoke when you run. Yeah, chewy it's, puffs it's of good. smoke. Looks but good. it pulls sure. out. Um, it's got like an isometric camera a lot of times. Yeah, I'm not a big fan Sweet. of the camera, but you need oh, it for. But you need it for the multiplayer. Did you play the 3DS one? Yeah, I love the Super 3DS Mario 3D Land. Incredible, and you should get it for your 2DS. But the problem is that. That's the only game I've played where it made the 3D thing make sense because there are some depth puzzles that are really fun. Yeah, but you can do them without the 3D. But um, it I I'm enjoying it and I'm I'm gonna play a lot more of it. And Is I it, just got to like one of the Captain Toad levels. But like, uh, I'm curious playing it single player. Dan, do you know if like the camera comes in at all? Do you have like more control of that? You have more control. Okay, because Wendy wasn't really feeling it. Like she had to play with the Wii U, the nunchuck, mm-hmm. and she was kind of like, I don't like this controller. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it like I one or two more the levels. Analog stick on the nunchuck. And she like played it. She's like, all right, I can get used to this. And like, um, should have given her the pad, man. No, I was using that. Be a gentleman. No. Give, well, you I would give have the to girl go back out. We'd have to switch characters, and I would have to switch Luigi to the nunchuck, and then she'd have to switch Peach to that one. Hello, have you gotten any of the things where you have to blow on the pad? No. What? You get there. Oh, God damn it! I hate their gimmicks. I love it. I am missing I only it. one star in the original <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy because it's this one we have to blow up the trash on the little asteroid in like the space galaxy, and you have to swing the the nun the Wii remote to throw the bomb bombs, and I can't do it. And you have like thirty seconds. That's the only star I'm missing in the in Super Mario Galaxy one. 
Just hack your Wii and just go into the fucking hex code and just put the star. <laughs> just activate the star. And now I can play as the Ouija. I've been playing Fallout 4 with the console and like, God damn so it. much better. Have you seen the video where the guy had like... <laughs> no clip. Just walk through walls. He had 5,000 nuke mines. He threw down in uh, in Sanctuary. I did not see that. And then he blew them all up and it just crashed Didn't the screen just go white and he yeah. can't load the file? I yeah. didn't see that. Yeah. So, um, you can play anything else? Uh... I've been playing. A, I showed this game. Dan's that, itching to talk about Resident Evil Four. All right, I'll I'll, I'll be quick, Dan. Uh, I played a game that I showed to Alex last night when we were out uh, called Tomb of the Mask. Okay, it's pretty it's cool. It's basically Mario. I mean Mario. It's basically Pac Man Two Fifty Six um, meets V V V V V V V because you're just it's just a platformer where you're just sliding to move around this maze and there are like obstacles and things like that. Um, but there's then this like multicolored flashing light line that follows you so if you do it too slow you die and then you you know when there are checkpoints it's a and phone stuff. Game? yeah it's kind of like downwell but like i mean it looks like downwell in terms of its art oh, i like the way it looks though. and it has a very good like um des- uh, art design like methodology because like anything that's hostile that can kill you is green anything it's that's really easy to see at a glance because yeah. you're moving really quickly through this game i like that all the coins yeah. are yellow and the in the and the walls are blue or something it's really cool and then i play and then i told them about uh on ouija <laughs> Which is a game I played for like five minutes. Have you heard of this game, Mason? So it's basically a you play as like a nihilist Luigi who is just like contemplating life in the Mushroom Kingdom, and it's Super Mario Brothers one uh, pixel art. And so it's left and right to move left and right. It's down to smoke your cigarette, and then up to like pontificate about the world. And there's like a line where he's just like walking along the like world one one, and he hit up, and he's like, I look down at Bowser's broken body. And saw on it a broken map of the world. Puffs like from the that. cigarette. That's very <laughs> Rust Cole meets Luigi. Yeah. So Rust Cole, true Titan guy? Yes. Okay. Alright, but that's all I've been playing. The On Ouija? On Ouija. What's like, that a pun or on, on Ouija. It means boredom in French. But it's oh. like oh. Oh. I'm living my life full of so much ennui. Smoke my cigarettes. Yeah, it's uh, E N N. Yes. E N N U I G. Have you guys seen the video of Andre the Existential Cat? No. Same same idea. Yeah. Did any of you guys ever play Cart Life? No. I I know you really like that. No, I really really like, and it's free to download. I'll send you guys a link, but you guys should all fuck with it this week. It's a um, it's. It kind of did. I think Papers Please would do it later on, but it it, it puts you. It makes all these mundane tasks the game, Which and you, you run you run a newspaper cart. Uh, I mean, they're both they're both great for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but it it this one I think is one of the cooler games to tackle, like making money to get by and like yeah. living your life. And there's there's different characters you can pick, but like one like you own a coffee shop and you have a daughter. One's like you just you're a uh, immigrant that owns a newspaper cart. Great game, looks great, sounds great, and you see butts. Oh man, count me in. I'm in. Um, before we talk about Resident Evil, I have one more game I've been playing. I forgot to mention. Uh, <laughs> the poor Dan. Just, just like counting the minutes. So we don't talk about it today either. Two nights ago, I played Secret Hitler, which is a board game that just came out. It's a hidden identity game. The art direction is fantastic. One team is liberals trying to keep the government together and kill Hitler. The other team is fascist. That's not what liberals do. Yeah, well, liberals don't. Actually, the whole point of the game as liberals is to keep the game slow and not do anything. Um, Sounds like real liberals. Exactly. Fascists are trying to either uh, elect Hitler or pass a bunch of fascist policies. And the entire game revolves around you yelling at your friends and lying to them dead in the face while they get really upset. And it was fucking amazing. And it was very much a Mason game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Contrarian 2.0? Yeah. 
So the first couple of rounds, um, I was on the fascist team, and it was very easy for liberals to win as we were all trying to figure out how to lie to each other. But then in the last game we played, it took about an hour and a half, and me and the three other fascists played everyone and got everyone to distrust the wrong people. It was it was amazing. Like no feeling like it. Like I do like games that promote conspiracy. I can't. I'm not werewolf good at them. I'm not good at one night ultimate werewolf because I just can't lie. <laughs> like I'm very bad at lying. And keeping a straight. There face were a couple of people it. who I'm played not. with us who who were not good at lying and also just did not like yelling at each other. And this game was not for them. I like when games make it a mechanic though that in order for you to win, and I think it's not fun in real life, but in order for you to win, you have to lead someone to believe something that's not true so that you can put yourself at an advantage. The best part of oh yeah, mechanic. you wouldn't think. That. Yeah, the, shut up. the best game of Ultimate Werewolf we ever played is that we had our friend Kavya playing, and she figured out that I was one of the werewolves, and Mason was like either the werewolves or like the betrayer, whatever the roles are. But he like got the entire tape because I couldn't keep a straight face. I was like, I'm not a werewolf, <laughs> and then but like Mason's like, no, 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 ignore Dylan. He's done whatever. And it's like, no, him. And he just got oh, the entire table. I convinced everyone that Emerson was the werewolf, and I was like adamant because I think I was a werewolf. So like my job is to make it so that. And Emerson's like, what? <laughs> but see, the thing is, though, is that when I play, I like playing werewolf because I think that there's a, a, a game within a game of like when you play werewolf round after round, if like so people knew that I would lie. So then it's in my interest because people are now expecting me to do one thing. I can do another thing. I like that part, too. Yeah. You know what? Just it's just social engineering. That's all I want to do. I want to engineer social situations. <laughs> Be a hacker. Be a social hacker. Hack the world. Steal, steal passwords. Dan. Tell me about. So I've been playing this game called So Many Me, and uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I was trying to look up the name this morning. I couldn't remember it. Um, so I'm going to talk about that first, um, because it's a game that is 15 bucks. I got it for free with Games of Gold, and I highly recommend it. Um, Dan's really vying for that Microsoft job, dude. I, <laughs> hey, if I'm paying, I I don't I don't I don't think I'm there's anything altruistic about it. Like I just I pay for these games, so. I'm looking I, at images of it now, and it looks very much like the kind of game you would really enjoy. Yeah, it's a, it's it's <laughs> brightly colored little like I don't know what to call these critters. Look it looks dumb. like looks like frog poops. <laughs> looks like kindergarten game for Dan. Yeah, simple game, simple Jack like simple game. Oh. <laughs> that, is, that, that is all I have to add for the podcast oh. for the week, oh. ladies and gentlemen. Dan, tell me about. Um, it. Yeah, tell us okay, about. It. I will tell you about so many me, or so um, many me, and why why Alex would not be able to play it because he wouldn't be able to figure the puzzles out. Um, oh, oh. Then it's fine in words. Yeah, you just get bored and stop playing. Though. So, 15 bucks. Um, totally worth it. It's a 2D puzzle platformer. Um, I just think it's an interesting game mechanic because each puzzle, each level has uh, three collectibles, basically. Um, one of them I don't know what it unlocks yet because I haven't got it that far into the game. The other one is just costumes. So those are those two are kind of throwaways unless you're you're vying for 100% completion. Uh, but the third unlockable is another clone of yourself. And when you get it in the level, you then have that extra version of yourself to take forward into the next level. And so you start with just just you, your character. Once you get a second one, you realize that you can jump into midair and press a button to turn your clone of yourself into a platform. And you can use those platforms, the like stone platforms of your clones to get to higher levels, 
to higher parts of the level. You can use it to activate switches that only happen when you're standing on it. So you can kind of put them there and, and leave them there. And so that's kind of how you solve these puzzles by figuring out where to leave your clones and how to use them as platforms to, to get to certain areas. Um, and then because each level you get a new one, you then have those extra ones, assuming you found your clone in the prior level. Um, you need to figure out how many to leave. You're like, well, I need to leave one on this switch, but then I've only got, you know, one extra one and I really need two to get to this next area if I want to unlock this thing. And, um, so you kind of have to go back and make sure you've got all of your, your clones. Uh, it's just, it's an innovative game that for me, for 15 bucks to be able to, I, I like games where I can sit down, play a level and then walk away. And yep. so it's, it's a, it's a 10 minute, 15 minute investment that allows me to play games when I may not have time to play games. You know, the, the Witcher three is a lot more than a 15 minute investment. It's a long-term relationship. It's a long-term relationship. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a way for you to just sit down, have some challenge. It's, it's, it's more complex than simply a mobile game. Uh, but it allows you to just quickly get some satisfaction out of playing video games. And, uh, and so I like games like that. And, and for me, I think it's a, it's a great example of that. I think the art direction is fun. It's simple. It's easy. Um, it, it reminds me of, uh, Yoshi's Island. It, that's a good comparison for sure. Uh, and it's, it's got kind of that fun tongue in cheek kind of like there's this little God that appears that, that talks to, and, and each of your clones has a different persona. So like there's the brainy clone that figures out like through for science and you know, like shit like that. And so the writing's kind of. It's cute. It's it's easy. Um, and and it's you know it's not an expensive game, so I recommend cool. it. I love the games you bring to the table because they're always stuff that I would never like have known about. Yeah, like I'm gonna go play this now because it looks really good. It's fun. It's easy. It's fun. It's not. I mean, it's not the kind of game that I'm like, oh my god, you have to go play this because it's changing so much about games. Because it's not. But it's easy. It's and it's like it's nice to have those games available to you for when you want. It's the same reason that, that a lot of roguelikes are fun because you can kind of go in and just do your thing and get out. Totally. Um, and so uh, that. So speaking of roguelikes, I also wanted to talk about um, a game that I've tried playing a few times now and haven't been able to get into. And this is a game that's really well reviewed and I'm going to give it more time. Um, Spelunky uh, was on Games of Gold last, last month. Is that the one that we played? The, the multiplayer one? Okay. So I've, but the multiplayer is not the game. Like, I've been trying to play through it a little bit. I like it. I appreciate it. But I, I keep finding myself comparing it to Rogue Legacy and finding Rogue Legacy more enjoyable. Yep. yep. I could and, never get in a Spelunky. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to give it some more time because I know so many people love it. I know Mason loves it. Um, I, I think it's got some fun little art direction. Again, it, for me, for getting it as a free game, it's it's, it's enjoyable. Uh -huh. um, but I need to give it some more time. But I did want to bring that up because I have been trying to play that a couple times over the last couple weeks. I mean, I might um, I might look back into it. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things that's like I I, I like some of the aspects of it. I, I just haven't quite. Are you looking up your playtime? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just haven't quite. It hasn't clicked with me yet. Uh, and I know, and I know it's funny because I know a lot of people who think it's the, the greatest game ever made, and I know a lot of people where their response is like, "Hey, I kind of recognize and appreciate it, but it hasn't clicked with me." I know Will Will said that when we were talking to him. I think yeah. you said the same thing, Dylan. I have a hundred hours in Spelunky, <laughs> and then Mason's played a hundred hours in it. So uh, yeah. Spelunky, but Spelunky didn't click for me because I got it for free from the PlayStation from uh, PS Plus. Yeah, and I had it for months, and I would I would pick it up every now and then when I would get home from work and just I would try it again and try it again. And then 
I don't know what drove me to this, but like I watched a YouTube video. I was like, just like don't do this in Spelunky. Like just like little things that like help you like get to the next place. And somehow like I watched that and like it just it, it clicked to me. And then I just that game just you get that platforming kick in that game in a way that I really enjoy. And I think it controls that it's really tight. And I don't know. It's just it's a it's a really good really good burn. Oh god. But um, Mike's a follower. That's good. Nice. He's got. So, it. I, just, I just wanted to contextualize why I yelled, "Oh God!" <laughs> oh God! Oh God! I want Spelunky. The seal is coming. I don't. I don't think Spelunky's for. I think Rogue Legacy does a lot of what Spelunky does really well as well, but also adds uh, a, a more progression loop as well. And for I sure. Think, and I think that that a lot of people don't and, like and Rogue Legacy because it's there's no you're not moving the needle every time. Yep. But I also I, think I like getting better at Spelunky's it. Spelunky's much more about the 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 traversal and the platforming than yeah, Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy. Yep. The best thing about Smuggy is they have the daily challenge, which is everyone that day gets the same seed. And that's always fun. Just to do that and see where you fall on the leaderboard. Uh well cool. You can play anything else? Yeah, so oh, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I guess well, I was playing Christ the game. Okay. So, By Mel Gibson. So here's here's the deal. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I love Resident Evil. If you listen enough, you know that I've never played Resident Evil four. Oh, I didn't know that. Key I've point. Never played Resident Evil Four. Oh my. Um, I have played Resident Evil Five. I've played Resident Evil Revelations Two, which borrows heavily on that. When when Resident Evil shifted to the action over the shoulder genre, the the third person action genre. Um, and of course, I've played Zero, One, Two, and Three. Um, so mm, not six. Given and six is six. I have not played either. I will play it, but. <laughs> There's a grimace on Dan's face well, as he it's, said it's, that. It's, hey, I, I want to give it its due, and now that it's only twenty bucks, I'll give it a try. No, I meant but, there's a purple guy like oh, walking across your an face. An actual grimace. Yeah. Um. Did you know that grimace originally was like the hamburglar, but for milkshakes? His his role was the like milk, I steal milkshakes. For the, the way milkshakes that the hamburglar. Purple? I don't know, but um. Anyway, I like that the guy that created grimace to steal milkshakes was like, all right, this is not working. Make him dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go, Pete. Look at your look at your character. He's dumb now. Also, have you guys heard of Max Sabbath? Because there's it's it's a a black Sabbath a cover band. Yeah. Hilarious. Make, yeah, and so grimace is in that. Wait, anyway. wait, wait. Wait a explain, wait, just totally no, get explain, off explain the. All right, so Max Sabbath, but it's it's Black Sabbath covers. Yeah, but it's like. I am frying pan and and it's like McDonald's themed covers of Black Sabbath songs and this band will play live dressed like the lead singer's Ronald McDonald, bass player's Grimace, Hamburglar is on drums. So Mayor McCheese is in there somewhere. I think Mayor McCheese might be the guitarist. What was Macaulay um, Culkin's pizza theme band? Oh. The Pizza <laughs> Velvet Underground? Yeah, it was a yeah, the, I think it was named that. It's kind so, of horrific. So Max Sabbath. I think Pizza Underground. Yeah. So yeah, back back to Resident Evil. So I know everything that's occurred in Resident Evil Four, um, but it's one of those games. I don't know why. I think that it came out at a point. I think when Resident Evil Four came out, I was in my busiest year of undergrad, and it just escaped me somehow. Um, and so so it got released. The the HD version got released yeah, on RE4 Xbox One. Came out during my busiest year of middle school. I, yeah, I, I, I fucked you all. Um, and so I was I, being, I was being born. <laughs> whatever, just because I have perspective on games that stretch back in millennia. Tell me about Agripolis or whatever. <laughs> Agripolis, I played like two years ago. Tell me about Space um, War. So <laughs> anyway, no, I want to know about Pong. Uh, I'm, that's, I'm not that old. All right, so, um, so the thing with Resident Evil Four going into this is obviously considered one of the the best games ever made. 
um, knowing the context for it and then knowing how the kind of the shift in the series, you know, for me being a huge fan of the original style of Resident Evil and then taking a lot of years off of playing Resident Evil to then suddenly play Resident Evil 5, which I love, but for very different reasons. Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect from 4 because a lot of people are like, 5 really kind of got away from the series and 4 is more true to it, but it's it's that change and so it's the best of both worlds and blah, 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 blah. So when they, when they released this HD version for 20 bucks, I was like, I'm going to get this. So this came out two days ago, three days ago. So I've been playing it. And, uh, and it's interesting because I think I'm, I'm torn on it. I, I have mixed emotions about it because it's, it is undeniably a great game. It is, it is really well paced. Uh, it's got a lot of really good things that tie it into the series. It's got, um, just a, a, a sweet leather jackets, sweet leather jackets, great haircuts, um, <laughs> But at the same time, miniature historical figures, there are elements of it where I actually find, because in my mind, there are really two different <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil series. Um, there are there are the puzzle based fixed camera, true survival horror Resident Evil. So zero, one, two and three. And then there are I've never played Code Veronica. Um, and then there are the action based four, five, six revelations, one and two. And I love both, but what I'm finding with four is that it's not enough of either. It's not enough puzzles for me, uh, to really like, you know, you, uh, one of the games that, that the HD remaster of resident evil zero came out. We talked about it on the podcast when that came out. Um, and the puzzles are fantastic in that game. The survival horror is fantastic. Um, and then resident evil five, which I love for very different reasons, uh, I feel like a lot of the things, a lot of the things I'm finding in four as I play it, it's making me wish I were playing five. It's making me yearn for the finesse that five brought to the things that were introduced in four. Um, and so there are times where I'm like, man, these controls, are, I, I just can't deal with this. Or like, oh God, I, I wish that this, that, you know, that having the partner system that they introduced in four, but then finessed in five were, were the way it is in five because it's better um the graphics so it's 1080p 60 frames per second but they didn't update any of the textures so That's it still good. feels very dated um now that being said it's very resident evil it's got the the campy over the top it's a 10 thing years old? that i love um four is 12 years old yeah it's it's I, I still it's, it's starting to show its age yeah um, oh, for sure but i still i think it holds up better than a lot of games 12 years ago oh for sure. absolutely no, no I'm, um, not, I'm not saying you're taking away from it yeah, i'm saying yeah, that, yeah. No, you um, can tell. Like some of, the, said, some of the I, ground textures are just like, this is one giant texture that's going to cover sure. dirt. This is one giant texture for the other dirt. And yeah. like you're like, I've seen that before. Like, Leon definitely looks like he's made of wax at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, the skin um, stuff is... But, uh, but that being said, there's certain things about it in terms of the dialogue and the story that are very re- Resident Evil. There's an appreciation I have where I look at this and I'm like, hey, this is where the, the series pivoted. And yes, they did it very well. Um, there are certain things that are undeniably Resident Evil, the boss fights. I was talking about this with Mason, uh, and I haven't quite finished the game, so I, I, I'm, I can't speak to how it resolves. Um, but some of the boss fights that I've encountered so far, Resident Evil from, from the get go, the original Resident Evil, uh, you know, two, um, five, certainly some very memorable boss fights and four has that as well, which I love. Um, I love 
that aspect of the series. So that's Did great you fight to the see. lake monster yet? Yeah, yeah. So there's the lake Did monster. Do you know you can go to that lake before you fight him and the monster will just eat you? Really? Like if you peer over, it just jumps up and eats you and then get game over. That, that's pretty cool. That's a very Resident Evil thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, and then, uh, you know, so that's great. Um, introducing, but I, I, I will say there's certain things that, so like it adds... It, it maintains the typewriters, but you don't need the ribbons, right? Okay. Best of both but, worlds, right, but, Dan? Well, no, but here's the problem, right? Is that there are certain sequences where if, the you, ribbon debate. if you die if you die in the sequence, um, it's it doesn't start you where you last saved. It starts you at the beginning of that sequence, which I'm fine with. But then don't even make, don't even give me the typewriters. Just let me let me save whenever I want. Yeah, it's a pretty, that's because a pretty fair criticism. It, the whole point of the typewriters and the ribbons in the original game, as I've said before, is that it adds stakes. It adds that survival fear element. You're like, shit. I I need to manage this in a way that I don't completely fuck myself over and lose my progress. If you're not, at, if you don't have those stakes, then just let me save whenever the hell I want. Don't don't make me do a typewriter just because it's an arbitrary nod to the past. And that and that's what they did going forward. They got rid of that. You can just save wherever. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's that. Um, I find the whole traveling salesperson thing kind of weird. Uh, that's a, that yeah. was such a what you selling. That's a, I love that's him. such a pop culture cornerstone at this point. I oh, it love. is. It is. But I, I also think- love that he's always like in the alley next to the like mountain. You're like, what are you doing here, dude? And he's like. I got a revolver. No, and it's but what I think are you for, buying? for me, like I, I sell it. Buy that I at a really high price. like the ability to find weapons in Resident Evil. That's one of the things that for me is a touchstone of that series. Um, and they went back to that later on. They went back to you find weapons at certain points. Um, and then and then I like how they've finessed the upgrading systems later on. To I, I think it's great that they introduced that. But I, I do feel like coming at this so so much after the fact and and having the context of of later iterations, um, it does feel like hey, this felt this is where they introduced these things, but they got better at it. Right. Um, and so now that being said, what I will say is playing uh the evil within is i think a great example of taking i think evil within does what resident evil 4 did really well yes and refines it in a more so letterboxing context well but more so um, well letterboxing was in resident evil 4 too oh and it's it's the same same lead designer but uh, resident evil 5 for me was a disappointment a little bit com- so compared to and, and, I'm not, and I'm Re- not no, resident evil 5 for me was a disappointment as well because I was expecting what I had ign- Wait, having not played for, right? What yeah, you skip only the know- transitions, right? I skipped but the transition. Mechanically, and it was like, Resident Evil Five is great, but mechanically, yeah, no, I, and I the pace of that game, and the boss fights, and the over-the-top campiness, Resident Fighting Evil Five, Wesker in a, Resident in Evil a volcano. Five. I have, I have played through Resident Evil Five, and to be fair, Resident Evil as a series is really they reward playthroughs, and it's great I for playthroughs. And Resident Evil Five, I think I've played through like four or five times. No, that's um, like your go-to game because it's I, just an it's it's fun. I think um, you're right. The Evil Within, and I really I really enjoy. I need to beat the Evil Within, but so I really I. enjoy I my time with the Evil Within. Same. Um, and, and there's I, a certain point where you get to like there's a level in the Evil Within which you may or may not have gotten the to village. where it's basically it's it's the village and you're like oh, sniping like the starting uh, village. Yeah. It's, 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 RE4. Yeah. And I was talking to Daniel um, the other day that you're kicking ladders. That yeah. fascinates me. That yeah. You're playing the Evil Within because I know horror movies don't do it for you. I I, I love scary games though. Mm. I love scary games where I have a gun because <laughs> that's like what I, I want. I have a gun. Like I don't I don't like. Uh, 
Amnesia. Even I, I really appreciate Amnesia for what it is. Or Soma. Or Soma, and I want to play through Soma. But so Resident Evil Four. Um, I think that game designs. I was talking about this the other day in the parking lot. Uh, encounters really well. <laughs> Soma drugs. And I think that Resident Evil Five. Oh, yeah. I think that they have really fun. Like so, there's a there's a thing that Dan just played through where you're you're essentially in a cabin with one other character that you meet later on in the game, and it's it's basically the sequence in a zombie movie where like you're 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 uh, bunkering down oh, and you're moving yeah. shit and in front the of doors, doors, right? Yeah, yeah and you're yeah. And it's you and him. It's two floors. There's a verticality to it. Monsters are clawing in, and it really feel it creates this sense of. I'm and you're just burning through ammo, like you're burning yep. through ammo. And, and Resident Evil Four is pretty liberal with ammo, but it's still something that you're concerned and that about. That is something in Five. You you're not as concerned about ammo the way that Resident you Evil are. Five is an action game. Right. Resident yes. Evil Four, four is a four action game with some horror elements. The foot in both, both. But because Four is also not scary. Like it's not. No. 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 But I think that Four makes you feel. I never felt. Uh, four would make me feel like I was surviving more so than Five did. Yeah. Five. Five. I felt like I was playing Gears of War. Yeah, yeah oh, for I sure. mean, you look like a Gears of War character because true, oh, was, Chris, 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 Chris is super jacked. The best Shreddy. description I've heard of that is that he's smuggling cantaloupes in his arms. <laughs> what's his What's his last name? Chris Redfield. Redfield. Yeah. Um. That being said, Redfield. <laughs> yeah. That being said, I think um comes a pain train. Just all the steroids. I think that the if you like Evil Within though, like, I think the elements of oh I do I I don't get me wrong I'm really no, no, enjoying Resident I'm, Evil Four. I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying okay. I think that makes perfect sense. Like if I yeah. came to yeah, Resident yeah. Evil Four later on, yep. the Evil Within is taking all this yep knowledge of of where games have gone and applies it to a more modern and it and looks better. And that's yeah, and it's it's but like the monster design in Evil Within is also incredible. I, now I will say what what it's all leaving me really wanting is I want that combination. Well, sort of. Um, I want that combination of. Bring back the a green puzzles. herb and a yellow herb. Yeah, bring back the puzzles because zero and one and two and and three even um, have some fantastic video game puzzles. What's I, the one where you play as Jill Valentine? That's one. No, and, no, 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 no. Jill Valentine and this cruise ship. Revelations. That's Revelations. Oh, and Revelations. I right. So, that, yeah, so yeah. Revelations two. That's what I was actually going to say. Yeah, is yeah. Revelations two, which is the most recent released, most recently released Resident Evil game. Feels like the closest thing of combining both both realms because there are some great puzzle mechanics in in Revelations too. Um, Should they have just made that a full on Resident Evil sequel? God, honestly, and I've said this on the podcast before, it's one of the best values out there because again, the thing was twenty bucks for the whole series, um, all four episodes, and and you got the raid mode, um, which is fantastic. Yeah, and Tim so, likes the raid mode. Raid mode's great. It's um, raid mode. I played raid mode. raid mode a whole bunch. It's their yeah. like arcade mode. It's just it's it's like a, it's a running gun. Okay. Um, okay. But but yeah, the story the story part has good elements of the campiness and the and the action. But there's limited ammo, so there's survival and there's dark, creepy things jumping out at you, and there's still puzzles that you have to figure out. I think that would make me optimistic um, for the future of the series. And, and that's, I, I think and that's that what I was going to say. They're is, coming is, back. The pendulum swung they, one way, and now it's going the way. They know they need to do that. And they're promising that with seven, and so I think seven is going to be interesting because, um, it it if they can if they can really merge all of those things, I think they're going to have the the way that four changed video games and specifically changed that series. I think they have the opportunity <sighs> to do that with seven. Now we have to see if they actually. Do I, I don't know what four was taking inspiration from from back then, but I mean seven does seem like a post. Amnesia PG. post, yeah. yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I, and, Resident Evil and, Four was pretty groundbreaking from a mechanic yes. standpoint, though. Like there wasn't a lot of, you know, you could look at like 
some over-the-shoulder third person in the game, but games weren't doing what Resident Evil did. Also, I just Google image searched a bunch of the monsters from Resident Evil 4, and I don't know if I'm going to play this game. <laughs> they're not that. They're just a bunch of Spanish not, dudes. Like, I think, no, no, those are fine, but like some of the Spanish like the Regenerator. Regenerator's cool. Like from, Regenerator's a fun fight. Like Starting with 4, I think they swapped horror for gore. And I was kind of like, well, I'm not comfortable with that. Uh, what? Always, oh, I disagree so much. Yeah, that gore. series has been like, um, what's the the really really I tall think monster that with like reined it in because Nemesis is fucked that, up. That one's awesome. That boss fight. was Yeah, but awesome. at least he has regular skin on his body. Like some of the Nemesis? monsters. Do you think that's bad, Alex? Don't play five. Play, five has five some is, like scary, skin gory, awesome monsters. I no, I, Evil I, Within is the scariest monster. Oh, Evil Within, dude, is hands down for sure. But that's also, but, but that's not Resident Evil. It's it, but that being said, it feels like it's still should you be coming. Evil Within is Evil Within is is, re, is the Resident Evil that I wanted to come out. I agree. So what? Can, oh no, go ahead. Resident Evil Four. Yeah. Um, I think that all the oh, the criticism you're loving are like totally fair. There's a couple of things that I've I've been thinking about Resident Evil Four a lot because Dan was talking about it, and I've been thinking about like what Resident Evil Four was one of the first games in, in my memory that I appreciated for it from a UI standpoint in game the menus are, are whatever that game does a really good job of getting out of your way of a player to see the game and I think the series moving forward lost that a little bit so in Resident Evil 4 you, you have the bottom right thing in the screen that gives you your ammo and health and that's all it takes up right and there's nothing else your reticle is in game it's a laser sight yeah, on your laser gun sight. I love that all the that, UI like, goes on for infinity. That's <laughs> it's, fine. I it's don't, hilarious. Like, when they took that away in five, it really bummed no, me out. No, they have that in five. The laser I sights? love it. In you five. might have to add it. Is it I an addition? I love it in five. No, right. it's it's it is that. And that was I had a, I thought I had a reticle in five. No, no, no. You have the laser dot. Yeah, you have the laser. And, and the sight. thing about five is that's why oh, maybe it's evil within you don't have a reticle. No, evil dot. within you don't. Um, but in five, in five, you have the laser dot, and that's actually one of the things is that that was there in five, and I remember loving that about five. Um, but it's the controls are so much more fluid that you can aim really well. Like it feels yeah. good to aim and shoot a zombie in the head in five, and it's a lot more troublesome in yes. four. Coming back now, where controls just aren't as fine- weren't as finessed when that game was made, and that's actually where my biggest frustration with playing well, that this game, game also now. originally wanted you to hit A to fire the gun, which people have a problem with sometimes. This right, big green red, uh, <laughs> big green A button. Because yeah. well, you would you would yeah. pull R to holster your gun or uh, wield your gun. Right. Well, but the other thing is that, like, I think that from, like, Resident Evil, like, everything was so contextual, and it did it before anyone else did, but, like, there's no, it only comes up when you're by, like, you know what I mean, like, you're, you're, you're never pulled out of the game in the menu, and, like, it's sweet, because the game just moves, and you, there's a few cutscenes every now and then, but the game just, I think, just moves at a really good clip. I will say, and I know, I don't think you've played the, not even the HD remaster of the remaster of one, but the, the GameCube remake of one. Mm-hmm. So Resident Evil 1B, we'll call it, um, is the same way. Yeah. So there's is the beta the timeline. Right. The beta timeline, this happens, and Nemesis well, wasn't created. There's a remake of that game, and then there's the remaster of the remake. Yeah. Um, and I've rec- I recommend going and buying the remaster of the remake because it's a phenomenal game. But but the same thing you're talking about, Mason, where it keeps... It, it, it does such an amazing job at keeping you in that game all the time, mm-hmm. you never get out, and that's one of the things. Dead Space that, does that really well too. Yeah, that's one of those things that 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 series two actually does a really good job, and I'm so I I'm so excited for the remake of two. I think if they do it right, it's going to be amazing because that game, to me, is the hallmark game of the series, and if they can do it, I, I think it's. Gonna you want to awesome. talk about a game where the UI does get in your way? We talk about No Man's Sky. Yeah, it kind of bummed me out. Heard that because they darken the corners. 
So you I have, hate that. And then also that. your um your compass that's at the top of the screen, kind of like Skyrim. Uh, they pixelate it. They pixelate your field of view behind it. So it just you see this digitized like dance go across it because it's like your visor or whatever. Like and just, it seems like it was made for an aesthetic purpose that was like not and like that's not fun. Yeah, that doesn't bother me as much as the darkened corners. Dark. I hate that. I also hate on diners, drive-ins, and dives. They use a filter. That that puts like a like a Vaseline on the edge of the screen sometimes like when they're doing like shot montages, huh? Like a glow? N- no, 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 no. It's like a like a like almost like a Gaussian blur on the okay, on the rim. Okay. All right. Uh, it looks like someone rubbed Vaseline on the around the edge, and I hate that. But I love diners, drivers, and dives. So everything's okay. What's the term for the darkened edges in a photo? Um, vignetting. Vignetting. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um. So so anyway. So well, one more thing about Resident Evil Four. That's what I was going to talk about. Four more things Best about fucking Resident Evil 4. reload animations any game ever made, ever. I love every reload animation in that game. They're so good. Yeah, I forgot. That game makes but, reloading fun because it's... Dude, reloading. Gears of War makes reloading fun. No, no, no. Reloading. But Gears of War has... You could see the lineage from yeah, Gears uh, of War 4 to Gears of War. From Resident Evil Gears 4. Of War, there's no... It was about the other day. There's no Gears of War without Resident Evil 4. Right. Ever. Right. And the first Gears of War had a lot of more survival horror themes in it, I think. Even yeah. though it was a bunch of, like, dude bros. Mm-hmm. Bunch the, of Chris Redfield running around. Resident Evil makes... Resident Evil 4 and 5 and, and the other ones makes reloading a really satisfying part of this tension loop. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Because a lot of games, I feel like, add reloading as like a a risk. Like There's a cost to be like, yeah. A, because guns have to reload. But in games, it's, a, it's, a, it's there to like stop the fire to create pockets. Whereas the reload animations for certain guns is so purposeful that you have to memorize how long it takes to load a shotgun because you need the shotgun but you know you need to get upstairs so you can properly load it quickly or you just jump out of a w- leon can fucking jump out of second story windows roll he and rolls. be like ah, roll. i'm good let's go <laughs> um but yeah so it's you know that being said it's it's a fantastic game just Absolutely. objectively it's a fantastically made game um i think that my my not my they're not even criticisms of the game it's just my observations coming to it so late you're a future man after having played the games that came out of it. I agree. Um, I think that's that's the only thing I'm noticing about it. That being said, I think for twenty bucks, it's. Well, I'm super I happy with it. I think anyone that's. I think um, that anyone cares about games. It's one of the games that you should play. That being said, it's making me really appreciate five, and I will say that because they re-released five on the new consoles at, mm-hmm. at up-res uh, frame rates. Go go spend twenty bucks on five because five is a fucking ton of fun. It's I've, it's fast and it's fun and it's not something I would recommend if you're the if if you're saying man I want something that's that's survival horror and puzzles and all that. Go do the HD remaster of of the original Resident Evil or Zero. No one's saying that. If I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't back. play Legend of Zelda while watching uh, Saw. Get, um, get you there. But that being said, if you just want something that's like a fun shoot 'em up, that's that's camping over the top, go go download Five. Um, uh, because I really think that Five is a, a really well made game. It just does a lot of good, a lot of stuff. The right. co op in Five is is probably co-op's one of the best co op games ever made. Uh, from like a like you're gonna sit down next to someone and play co-op on the couch it's really it's I've, I've probably played uh one hour each of both of these games and i've always meant and what's good four about five yeah because i played a demo of five and i had a friend that had four and I yeah. played you know um i was well go I'll let you well it's good it. is that you know it that it's an influential game but it's also you're able to go back to it it's really shitty when it's like this game was really important and it's like i don't want to play this when you see that so i was saying more too that like if you want to like dance right like if you want a certain type of experience maybe but i'm saying like the, the same way that you go back and watch a, a movie that's now dated and even at storytelling methods where it's just like 
there's just long cut conversations that movies yeah. have figured out ways to pace conversations and show different cameras to make that feel better. I think you can play Resident Evil 4 and just see how much Resident Evil 4 shaped an entire generation out. Like the yes. 360 generation, I think is like Mass Effect, Gears of War. Like a bunch of games came out of Resident Evil 4, like thinking like, or fucking quick time events didn't exist. Like they made that a big thing. Well, I guess mm-hmm. God of War to them, but like, yeah. I don't know. There's, I think that in terms of like, if you want to see where a lot of game design was executed really well for the first time, I think Resident Evil 4 is like a cool. Yeah. Just the same way that you go play, you play uh, Link's Awakening and like, I mean, uh, Link to the Past. You know what I mean? And you can see how that shaped a whole. Uh, yes, but I think Link to the Past has held up better. I think Ocarina. I think that the argument's better with Ocarina because Ocarina of Time is that it. it sure. Early, or so Super Mario sixty four. Like there's, I mean, th- these big tentpole games that just shape like how we can do 3d worlds how we can do 3d cameras the reason i bring that up is it's funny that you mentioned link to the past is that the other thing i've realized about playing resident evil 4 is the really well done um 16-bit generation uh pixel graphics have held up better than some of the early 3d things oh absolutely n64 might as well be like the lost right generation and so and so that's you know link to the past to me is just as enjoyable and playable today. Uh, whereas Ocarina of Time is one of my all-time favorite games. I did just replay it. I still recommend if you've never played it to play it, but it's it's pretty... Lots of polygons. And it's also, I mean, Ocarina of Time polygons. 3D, also $20. Nintendo selects now. Yeah, right. Ocarina of Time 3D looks great, too. Right. Like they, did a, they did a great job. Yep. And Majora's Mask looks great. Yeah, I've never played either of those, so eventually... One I day, would get Majora's Mask. I'll pick them up. Well, I want... I want to get the new 3DS because I want the c- camera control. I don't want to yeah. play Majora's like Mask without... Get a new 3DS. So anyway, that's yeah, a good job. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about RE, RE4 once I've finished it, which should be in the next couple of days. So I should be able to just mention, you know, my final impression. But that's that's my initial impression having played now through, um, I would far. say, probably like, like five or six hours into the campaign. So I probably only have a couple hours left. You guys are really um, fucking up my game of the year plans with all these like... Oh, we played Splunky. Oh, in RE4. I know. I know. Um, and, well, okay. One, three of the four of us in this room do not have full-time employment right now, so it's a lot easier to buy a $20 game than a $60 game that I only get eight hours out of because their ambitions were bigger than... than uh, Speaking of cheap I games... I would say that they didn't market RE4 properly and that, <laughs> you know, the, the fan fair. base... Shinji Mikami should get burned at the stake for... Are you the guy that made it? Shinji, yeah, Shinji Mikami. Yeah. He's a shit. Uh, speaking of $20 games, uh, episode two of Telltale Batman comes out at the end of the month. Yes. Sweet. And it's like 25 bucks for the whole series. Yes. Yeah. I might actually wait till it's all out and just play like... On YouTube so you can watch it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a low blow. You're both guilty of it. Um, guilty. I'm I not. Only I games, you both. Only games uh, I know I'm not going to play. You people. That didn't help hold true for Batman. <sighs> Um, I might uh, just get Minecraft story mode. Just tie me over until Batman I played comes the out. first episode of that on my phone, and I did not like Walking it. Dead season three. I it's funny. That yet. Is that out yet? Yeah, I think so. What? I think I the first think episode. So. No, I haven't played season two yet. Oh, play season two. Season two is good. Yeah, I just need to because the season or season one didn't have cloud save, so I need to go get my save off my Come iMac. On, Telltale, get up on the cloud. I think that was before. That was a big thing. You know, the, the cloud's going to power the Xbox One to make things that were never possible possible. We um, had a huge conversation at work because someone was writing an article about the cloud. And they're like, do you, ca- do you capitalize the cloud? And I'm like, no, you don't capitalize the cloud. And they're like, are you sure? 
You don't. We should check it. I'm like, no, you don't capitalize the cloud. It's not the internet. There's no the cloud. Dude, my phone has always automatically corrected the internet to capital. Why is that? Okay, so capital. there's my internet. There's there's an internet is just a connection of computers. The internet, the internet. is what uses a hypertext transfer protocol in you know HTML and things and Who's the to guy? bring cat memes Sir. to the world. Tim Burton. Sir Tim, Tim Berners-Lee. Tim Berners-Lee. Tim Burton? Tim Burton-Lee. Tim Burton Berners-Lee. invented the internet? Yeah, it's Berners-Lee. That, Berners-Lee you heard here first. Tim Burton he, invented the he, internet. He made, he made the internet. Capital yes. I internet. Capital I. Bullet. We should probably wrap up. We've been going. Yeah. yeah. That's that's all I got. I'm done. Okay. Um, well, Mason I played I, a lot of games, but we'll talk about them next week. Mason and I Oh, did, yeah. Uh, Sorry, Mason. It's all good. It's all good. Did uh, Loom Dari. So we can talk about that yes, real quick. I made a game... Oh god! All right, on the spot. Something to look forward to next week. Um, no, you so, made a game about blockbuster. Well, well, what are we at? I mean, we're at an hour fifty. Uh, let's talk about Loom Dar next week. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. two hours is a bit much. All right. Um, all right. All right. All right. You can find Alex at alexrice.net. Is dot com available? Not yet, but it will be. Uh, Dan, yeah, you can find mine. Dan at dancotting.com. Uh, Dan's gonna rebuild his website on Foundation because Foundation is the shit. You can find Dylan. Dylan has a new site that he's going to put up eventually. No, it's up. It's just the domain needs to be transferred, and it's in the process of doing that. Okay, so, so DylanOvento.com. The, the IP address is 216. Dot. <laughs> <laughs> you can find everything of Ward at ward-games.com. Um, the website's probably going to change this week a little bit. Alex's mic is falling down. <laughs> oh, God. I will buy uh, a new mic stand before our next All podcast. of us will be seeking gainful employment in the next nine months. So Someone already us. gained it. Yeah, if you're looking for a UX... Uh, designers. So if you need a three-person UX team, yep. we got it. Done. <laughs> Do it all. <laughs> this is my resume. These eighty hours of talking. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh God. We're out. To be continued.